When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. This is the main event, Mark's Podcast. I'm your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, cat dad, and a Coliseum home video exclusive. I am Troy. And with me, as always, is the main event collector and figure hunting warrior. He's the WWE walking wrestling encyclopedia and the Razor Ramon to my one, two, three kid. It's Greg. What's up, Greg? I like to watch video exclusives. Yeah. Uh, the one thrown in at the end of this one. I feel like you wanted uh, me to say that. <laughs> Uh, I like to watch now. Uh, now we're like, oh, our, uh, throw this out there. He'll bite. <laughs> it's a it's a T-shirt uh, now at our on our bonfire store. It's got a VHS tape on there, so you I can really, that. yeah. So uh, people can really confuse the the Zoomers that that you know in your life. Just throw on one of those T-shirts. They'll be like, the hell is that? Like, oh, let me tell you a tale, my friends, of a time where you had to be kind and rewind, or you got charged extra. Hey, real quick. Yesterday we went into a. Uh, uh, it's called Half Price Books. You got those out there? Uh, yeah. My friend's kid saw some old VHSs and he's like, oh, look, dad, they got VHS tapes. I'm like, <laughs> how the hell? Did, he's, he's 10 years old. How the hell does he know this? <laughs> right. I said, don't give me that crap that people, right, that kids don't know stuff, okay? Yeah, I know. I mean, it, it really depends, yeah. Because, like, um, uh, well, I mean. And I know this knows. is not a big deal, but he's also, like, he knows the difference between DVD and Blu-ray. So I was like, these kids are getting smarter and smarter, dude. Yep. Hey, man. Uh, you know, I, I, I will say this now. If if you take time to actually sit and learn, you've got all the knowledge of the world right at your fingertips. You know, it's it's called Google, man. Just just type it right in there. Or a parent that sits down and actually takes time to to you know tell their kids what things are. You know, that's well, they that's play Xbox, nice so they're more of a Bing kind of people. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, you know, different different strokes, man. But the. Uh, Something else was that was a different stroke. This show right here. I didn't know what to expect going into it. You the said, show gave me a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> you said before we even went into it, you're like, oh god. <laughs> like, yeah. you, made, you made it really clear you did. You were not looking forward to covering this. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It was uh, something. I don't know. It, uh, and you know, I usually plan around like uh, big news periods too. There, I will say this. There is like. One really big news story, and the rest of it is just kind of like, eh, you know, it happened. Yeah. So, I don't know. 
there, there's some stuff going on around this time that we can talk about, but this show in particular, it was the birth of something that didn't really go anywhere, and we'll get into that. How dare you? And, yeah, and uh, you son of a bitch. There was there was a certain commentator on the show too. Uh, you're a sports guy, so I'm assuming you knew who this guy was on commentary, Art Donovan. Yeah, it's Art Donovan. Yeah, he was. Um, I think he was an umpire, wasn't he? Okay. Ah, God. He was. How many uh, times, by the way? I didn't put up a counter. I should have put up. I should. I didn't. You know. I mean, I didn't think about it until like later. But I should have taken a counter, or, like put a check piece of paper every time he said, "Hey, how much does he weigh? What's he weigh?" <laughs> I, I only noticed that a couple of times. And did you notice? He said it every damn match. That has somebody over 250 pounds. I don't know why. I, I don't know why he was there because they didn't uh, the really. Con- was on a strike, I believe. I well, believe this is the year. Well, I know why he might have been there. I don't know why the WWF had him there because the thing is, like. Oh, okay, I get that. Yeah, I don't yeah, get it. Cause, yeah, because he contributed nothing. He clearly did not know the product, and uh, Gorilla and Macho Man mostly blew him off most of the night. Did you notice that? Like yeah. He was just like talking into the ether, and then and, and Gorilla, bless his heart, man, he was like, "Oh my god, this guy's stupid." I know. He goes, Wait, there's three guys out there. I thought it was going to be a, a tag team thing, like two on two. And he goes, "Well, that's how it is. This guy's a manager." I'm like, oh my god. "God, yeah." There were a couple of comments I put down here on my notes that we'll get into. It was just like, Holy "God crap. dang it, dude!" Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah and I, I, I heard why the hell he was there. Like, you couldn't go and get uh, Tony Larusa. Russo, Russo, um, uh, what's his name from the Mariners? Anybody, that angry just guy? anybody. Uh, I would have been better, dude. I, at least this would have been more entertaining if they would have went out and. And I don't know if he was commentating at this time. I, I assume he was commentating at this time. Go out and get Harry Carey, man. Yeah. Like, hey, if that world title was made out of cheese, do you think you would eat it? Like, come on, Will, you know, Ferrell, that, Will Ferrell wasn't a thing yet, so that would have had to been him. Yeah, right. no, that, dude, that would that would have just been been great, man. Just like he would have said the most off the wall, nonsensical BS, but at least it would have been hilarious. Well, like this, guy this did too, though. yeah. Well, this guy was just dumb, so I don't know. Hey, look, I'm not. He might have been smart when it came to baseball. I don't freaking know, but he knew Jack well, he was, Hall he was an about umpire, right. Didn't he say he's an umpire, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what you well, saying. He's smart that's what... baseball, he's the guy like forcing all the rules. Well, yeah, well, that depends on who you talk to about the umpire. But yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm an ace fan. Like I know. <laughs> uh, well, this uh, this show here was it, it was just it was an interesting time in the world of wrestling. I'll say that uh, in both companies. So uh, w- ECW was like around, but not really much of a thing just yet. Ninety five was when they really were like, oh, yeah, they exist. So, yeah, when uh, crowds of WWE started chanting their stupid initials and. For some unknown reason, Vince McMahon decided to acknowledge them. Yeah, right. Thinking they were Roman Reigns or something. <laughs> right. Good. Wow. I, I, I see what you did there. <laughs> but we'll get into all that. Oh, uh, damn it, Valor uh, Street. But uh, first, I do want to tell everybody about the sponsor of this here podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Mahler Bros Golf. We all want to look good on the golf course, but it often comes at the expense of feeling good. Mahler Bros Golf has polos that look good and feel good. With their lightweight and stretchy materials that hugs your body, you will feel cool while looking just as cool. Their polos are guaranteed to make you look better, but it's up to you to golf better. 
On a hot summer day on the golf course, there's no polo that you would rather wear than Mahler Bros. Golf Signature Polos. Mahler Bros. Golf has a large catalog of polos with designs for those who want a loud design and others for those that want a subtle and sleek-looking design. They also have fun t-shirts, hats, tumblers, and so much more to make your golfing experience better. Use code BELLYUP at MahlerBros.com for 15% off. Listen to me. Listen, as a guy who has worn a lot of polos throughout his life, you need Mahler Bros. Golf Signature Polos. Their polos are a comfortable, slim fit that will make you look and feel good when you're golfing with the guys. There have been way too many times I wore some generic polo shirt out on the golf course, and I just, I felt crappy the whole day. My game was off. I just was self-conscious. Not with Mahler Bros. Don't wait to try out your new favorite golf apparel. Upgrade your golf attire with Mahler Bros. Get 15% off at MahlerBros.com with code BELLYUP. That's 15% off at M-A-H-L-E-R-Bros.com with code BELLYUP. Turn heads on the golf course or wherever you wear Mahler Bros polos. Mahler Bros Golf. Look good. Feel good. Feel good. Play good. And now that we're done with that, we're going to get into our first break at hand where we'll tell you about some of our buddy <clears throat> podcasts and how to get our awesome merchandise, which we mentioned earlier. Uh, I, I haven't put up uh, new designs in a little while, but trust me, there is a huge, huge library on our bonfire huge. store. So Biggest bonfire it, ever. It's number one. That's what I heard. That's what they tell me. People tell me, they say, none's bigger. I say, are you sure there might be one bigger? No, sir. It's, it, it, it's, it's the biggest. I say, okay. Uh, <laughs> I said, that's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> Good God. Uh, you, it, our newest design, by the way, I put up there. You can either get it in black or white uh, lettering. It's literally in English and Japanese. It says podcast style. So you can go get that on a, on a shirt or a hoodie or something. You can get, uh, you know, our logo, the main event Mark's logo, you can get in that style. It says, wearing that shirt right now. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you can get the the main event marks logo, or uh, like I said, in in the style of the main event marks logo, you can get one. Uh, you can get a shirt that says "That is correct." So, uh, you know, go go get that. I would only buy that if Farley was on there, showing off his uh, giant stature with a finger in his mouth. <laughs> Good God! Uh, well, fans of the podcast would get it. Uh, other other non fans of the podcast. You can you can educate them and be like, yeah, it's uh, said multiple times podcast. So go go check it out. Uh, we've also got the logo in uh, various forms of like the different Royal Rumble logos, like how how that is. One says "Gone Forever, Bro." That's another one that uh, you'd really have to. Bro, we're gonna understand. slit his throat. <laughs> Good God! Uh, the figure <laughs> figure collecting warrior uh, is on there. It's all I've been having. I've been I've been in a drought. California yeah. has rain now. We have all of our levees full, but I'm in a big drought now. Oh man! Well, well and uh, you know, and uh, when when things when things don't go your way, and uh, it turns out you were wrong, you can say, "Well, no, I wasn't wrong." You can show them your hashtag plans changed T-shirt or hoodie. Or if uh, does anybody remember the the Becky Becky Lynch T-shirt said the man? Well, I got one. It says the Mark. You can you can uh, rock that around and. Uh, let everybody know how big of a mark you are. But that that's just a taste of the merchandise. Go check that out on the store. We've also got holiday themed ones as well, Raw's War theme. Uh I got a Jax figure of them. You know, all that all that good stuff. So go check that out. Uh and uh Even some Star of Davis stuff podcast. 
Yeah, so we spread the love. Let's hear for the Jews. Yeah, Judaism, son. And uh, you for know, those who don't get it, that was a Herb Abrams thing. So I didn't just say this. Great. <laughs> uh, SmackDown logo themed one. Uh, before October comes, you can get your uh, uh, pink ribbon uh, main event marks logo on there. Uh, we don't do a lot of like causes and whatever on our on our merch, but I figured that was that was a pretty universally agreed upon cause that we can all get behind there. Uh, you know, end breast cancer and all that good stuff. So go check that out, or a uh, or a Thanksgiving themed one. Gobble gobble. But uh, either way, that is all on our bonfire store. It's bonfire.com forward slash store forward slash main event marks. Go check that out. Now we're going to get into our first break. On the other end of this, it's news and notes time. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Get ready to rumble! In your new Main Event Marks merchandise, we've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. By God! Somebody's interrupting the main event marks! Sit down, JR. It's just me, Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, your host of Here in Puckburg on the Hockey Podcast Network. I know, a hockey show on the main event marks. Who would have thought? This is an invasion angle. Somewhere between the Nexus and when WCW tried to invade WWE, you know, somewhere in there. But I'm over here just telling you that one half of your tag team champions over here, Greg... He told his story of his love for the game of hockey over on my show. And if you'd like to hear that story, all you have to do is search here in Puckburg, wherever you get your podcast, or on YouTube. In the meantime, Shagamania's got to go run wild on some other hockey show. So, just remember, quote the Raven, nevermore. Take your vitamins, say your prayers, and oh yeah! main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on youtube find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks and we're back we're back do you like your coffee like you like your podcasts gimmick and politics free well so do we here at the main event marks and so do the guys and gals at coffee brand coffee where they ditch the gimmicks You see, when you buy your coffee from other roasters, chances are that they've been sitting on the shelf for heaven knows how long. Don't rob yourself of freshness. At Coffee Brand Coffee, they roast to order, ensuring that you get the freshest coffee possible. And as Greg will tell you, that's what counts. Coffee Brand Coffee offers bagged coffee as well as K-cups. And for the non-coffee people, they offer a variety of teas and cocos. Just click on the link down to the podcast description or go to coffeebrandcoffee.com and use our promo code main event, all one word, at checkout to get 5% off your order. That's coffeebrandcoffee.com and use the promo code main event to save 5% at checkout. You crack wait, 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 one second today? here. One second. Oh. oh, yeah. I had to gear it up. Oh, that was a hell of a crack there. What is today? Today's clean cause. Zero <laughs> sugar, energy. 
prebiotics. Oh, it's a, oh, it's a real thing. Okay. Wow. Okay. Uh, well, something that we aren't cracking on the show, uh, we actually posted a short of, uh, we, we, we talked about there was no way that Matt Cardona actually liked PBR. And he actually got a comment on that video. <laughs> he had, somebody said, uh, I'll give him a shout out. Lonnie said, PBR isn't the same as it was in the 70s and 80s. It's not a bad beer now. It used to be Good awful. Grief, how far does this go back? I know, right? I thought this was a new thing. He said, plus, it's an American beer, I think. Uh, oh, no, PBR has been around forever. All I just replied, I said, I drank it for years between ages 21 and 25-ish. It isn't a great beer. All right. And yet you held it up oh, for four years. Uh, well, you notice my age there. <laughs> Early 20s, dumb. So young you and dumb. Got it. Yeah. You pretty much drink whatever's cheapest and right in front of you. So there you go. I have no opinion. I've never sipped alcohol in my life, but I just... I've heard from everybody who's anybody that that stuff sucks. I don't like to just go off. Oh, well, <sighs> someone so said it. When you got like twenty people you know saying this, it must be bad. It's, it's up there with I would say with with like uh, Natty Light or Natural Light. If anybody knows that's that's one of those that it's like uh, the frat boys get my, a case of my it. My dad used to call that piss water. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's one of the, the the frat boys get it and play beer pong with it. So there you go, because you can get a big ass case for a relatively low price. Yeah, I think they have it at the Dollar Tree. <laughs> yeah, if you if, and and if you are from Northeast Ohio like I am, uh, the cheap nasty ass beer up there that that this one I wouldn't touch is called Genesee. That one is sick. Now you want to talk about liquefied vomit? That sounds like but, a like a Gen Zer from Tennessee. <laughs> wow. Yeah, uh, or, and if you're from uh, the the Pittsburgh area, there's one gross. Called Steel- hey, Steelers, man. Oh, sorry. Yeah, hey, you're getting it, it in just, early. It triggers me. Sorry. Uh, there's one. I don't know how Steel you feel Re- about that. But yeah, I, I second that. But there's a beer called Steel Reserve. There's another one called Steel City Beer. Uh, my dad used to call it Steel Shitty Beer. So yeah, it's not good. Probably said for a good. couple of reasons. Right. Uh, well, that is correct. <laughs> anyway, getting everything uh, in there. Uh, right, cool. Oh, yeah. Might as well get into the news and notes at hand, though. There is one big one big story that we're going to drag out a little bit, but there are other uh, other stories in the news, too. But let's hit it. That is correct. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Dave. Everything that guy just says bullshit. Uh, <laughs> it, it may or may not be. Um, so. this, by the way, our last... <laughs> one we did we had a, a, a conversation uh i don't know if it's still in, in or yet it out but about my cousin Vinny. so after that after we recorded i went and watched it because it started josen for it man that yeah. thing still holds up to this day man i think they just added it to is it peacock i, I watched it on something it i couldn't tell you what it was off the top of my head but it's on something i know i i noticed they just added it to i the only streaming services i have are uh hbo max or well as the airing of this is just max but um Max, uh, yeah, Hulu and uh, Peacock, and it was just added to one of those. I want to say it was Peacock, but yeah, it's uh, still a fantastic film. I have everything, honestly, but the only thing I pay for is uh, the Hulu Disney bundle. Everything else is like free with something. Getting into the actual news here, Hulk Hogan debuted for WCW on WCW Saturday night on June 11th, with the announcers talking about nothing but Hulk for the entire show. This is at least a Saturday night with something. Yeah, right. 
this is at least a better trend than bringing up a big angle in one segment and then ignoring it for the rest of the episode, which is their usual MO. Uh, the debut featured Hogan in a ticker tape parade with 200 fans dressed up in Hogan merch given out by WCW. He then gave a speech where he talked about potentially winning the world title that was held by guys like Gorgeous George <laughs> and Luth Fez. Potentially. George, of course. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, George, of course, was never champion and, in fact, was never even a heavyweight. Also, the reporters, quote unquote, asking questions were also WCW and MGM staff, by the way, as no. the real as the any real reporters on site were asked to keep quiet well yeah you don't want to throw hulk hogan a curveball brother yeah i'm sure that uh, those are the jury reporters today with tony constable h post events yeah uh, you know like you can't tell me there's not like a, a rundown beforehand it's like don't ask about this or you know I, I will say as a former reporter sometimes they don't tell you don't ask about this and that whatever but it's kind of implied because if you do ask about anything that's not like you know what they want to hear they'll shut you down right away it's like yeah we're not gtfo yeah they'll pretty much shut you down with yeah we're not talking about that today and then uh they will kindly not not invite you back so there's that that was the whole interview with uh tony khan errol hawani did you ever hear that uh i can't talk about Uh, that i'm not talking about that i can't talk about that (laughs) yeah i didn't watch the whole interview but i did see uh somebody put together a compilation of him just doing that and then it's like well i can't answer that but we do have a great show coming up for you this friday on rampage like shut uh, up. No, you don't. Yeah, it's like, uh, look, I don't know about all that, but I can say you probably do not have a great show planned for us this Friday. I'll just come out and say that. Don't promote the Wednesday show, which is the show, you idiot. Yeah. This one, uh, I know this is like, tell me another one. I thought this was super stupid. Hulk Hogan and Jimmy Hart put together a new entrance theme called American Made, which Uncle Dave feels like might be a dig at Lex Luger. Hmm. It could Why be, would, or it's just a lazy uh, try and remake his classic theme. Yeah, like never once did I hear that that theme and think, yeah, they're making a dig at Lex Luger because you know Lex wasn't built up to be the next Hulk Hogan or something. Let me like, uh, let me let me uh, clarify something for you too. Watching this show that we're about to review, Lex Luger as the American thing was dying down. Dude. Why would they need yeah. to get a shot at him in June? Right. Well, like it was. Plus, I, I mean, I might even go as far as to say it was dead, not dying, dead. Uh, he still came out in the colors and everything, but less people yeah. gave a damn then. They did WrestleMania ten. I'll tell you that. Well, another thing about this <laughs> is, like, his theme used to be real American, and he would come out with the American colors or whatever. That was kind of his whole shtick. Why? Why would this be a dig at Lex Luger, who was doing basically a, a Hulk Hogan light? Like, th- that makes no sense. Like, I think it's just, like, a different take on the theme he already had. I think Whatever. you're digging to make it make sense, and I don't know why. Well, by the way, American Made, which Cody will say is a better theme than Real American. So that alone gets him <laughs> slapped. It's a banger, I'll tell you that. I don't hate it, but better well, I mean, no. I, I like American made, but yeah, no, like you say that's better than real American. Like F off, man. Better than Derringer. Nah. Wor- who worked there? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, uh, you know, that that's the old road stomping ground is still CW. So, and I know like, according to him, he didn't grow up watching WWF. He grew up watching WCW. Yes. You watched well, it said, all. Shut your well, mouth. He said it. 
he said his dad wouldn't let him and if he would get mad if he saw he had WWF on TV. He's like, no, you can only watch WCW. But he said he would sneak and put it on WWF to watch Dustin back when uh, when he went there. So <sighs> I don't know. But WCW is currently expecting a 1.0 buy rate for Bash of the Beach, which would be double the current average for the year and would be uh, would more than pay for Hogan's share of the show. Uh, that would and I, also, I think that happens. Yeah, I'd have to look that up here in a second. But uh, that would also make it a bigger show than anything outside of WrestleMania or SummerSlam, which many others think is a ridiculous dream on their part. I mean, is it though? It's the debut of Hulk Hogan. When you got the biggest star in the history of the industry, that's a ridiculous dream. Yeah. Uh, let's see. You think Tony Khan had a ridiculous dream? He's going to get huge ratings when they debuted Punk. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Make me defend the garbage. Wow. Well, hey, they've sold what is it, forty-five thousand or no? Didn't they sell sixty thousand tickets already? That I mean, yeah. yeah, they did. I mean, this is past that time, so it's probably more by then. But they, they it's the even damn UK a match. though, dude. Yeah, but they haven't even announced you, a match, and they drew 60000 So you know, I took a I'm, bunch of food down to Skid Row. They were all happy and all took it. I'm just saying. Well, um, it's, I mean, we can say, yeah, but, well, yeah, now, but, yeah, but. Now they're on, on it, though. Don't you think this mask's the problem? Like, they can't oh. sell 3,000 tickets on a Wednesday here, but over there on one night, they can do that. Doesn't that mask the bigger problem? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sorry I know business, but. Uh, and I know WWE's numbers are better, but even you were that's, saying that's kind of unfair. Well, yeah, but uh, even you were saying outside of the outside of the U.S., WWE has been having like great shows, great crowds, like more energetic than here in America. This, and past, else. this past week with Backlash, spoiler, we record very early. Uh, yeah, it was one of the hottest crowds ever. I yeah, didn't say so, hot WrestleMania. I was there, but well, and then Clash of the Castle, um, whatever the last show was in Canada. So, I mean, you know, they've been, uh, the outside of the U.S. show has been doing really well. So, I, I don't blame... Because these uh, shows were only here. So, when you finally get it, like, yeah, gotta go. Right. Yeah, right. So, I mean, I don't blame that. Yeah, they need to do something to up the business here in America. But, uh, you know, we can sit here and yeah, but all we want about their, their numbers um, and all that caveats show, on folks, it. But. I'm not worried about the damn numbers because I don't see any of that cash. But hopefully the show is good. Right. And I mean, they're going to, it's a success either way for them, uh, whether the show's good or not. But yeah, obviously. I disagree. If it's not good, no one wants to go back. That does not make it a success. Yeah. Well, hey, TNA kept pulling. You can't celebrate a home run in the middle of a game and you're losing the game overall. You know what I mean? (laughs) Well, TNA, like we said before, TNA put on okay shows for a while over there and still kept selling out venues. So I mean, I don't don't know. I don't think that they're still. Like you said, it doesn't go over there very often. So, yeah, it would make them kind of hesitant to go back, I guess, if the show sucked. But, I don't know. Usually they're pretty, at least pretty. There's no reason for the show to suck. No. Uh, hopefully they get Punk back, but, you know, we'll I see. I can poke fun of that company all I want, but they have the talent, so there's no reason for it to suck. Right. Uh, by the way, the buy rate for Bash the Beach was 1.02. So, yes, they, uh, they got over a 1.0. So it was not a pipe dream or a r- r- ridiculous dream or anything like that. It was it was a reality. I don't know why anyone would even think it was a pipe dream. I guess just because of the history of WCW, they figured it's like, ah, you can plug Hulk Hogan in there all you want, but it's still WCW at the end of the day, which, I mean, 
kind of get that argument. Uh, but going I mean, back they, to AEW, didn't CM Punk come in and like everything went up? Yeah. The one guy, but, uh, it's not, it's not football. One guy can make a difference in pro wrestling. I think it was, uh, was it Bruce Pritchard? Yeah, I think Bruce Pritchard always said the the line about TNA. He was like, you could airlift the Undertaker into the middle of the show, and they would still get a crap rating. Nobody would give a damn. <laughs> so, I mean, there is a, a a bit of that to certain shows, but I mean, yeah, it's it's not like all of WCW was trash. They had no talent or anything like that. Now the writing kind of sucked, but. I and, dare say AEW might have a better roster overall than WCW at that time right now. Uh, yeah, I'd say that. Uh, and 95, I mean, we're going to get into a story about them drawing and whatnot, but 95, they finally made money, man. So because that's you, WWE's worst year ever. Yeah, and we mock 95 for good oh, reason. Man, you're but, kind of opening my eyes there. So they were hot because the Hades sucked. Okay, got it. I guess. Uh, it kind of like evened out. Like WWE went down a little bit, they went up a little bit. And like they, I don't know how much money they made in '95, but they actually turned a profit, which was a huge change. And part huge. of that was we talked about Eric Bischoff canceled all house shows and then uh, started doing or was doing less house shows at the very least, and he started doing more pay per views. I think 90, was '95 the first year of twelve pay per views for them. Um. I want to say yes. I think right? so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so right there, you're getting... Yeah. He said they always made money on pay-per-view. So Which is weird, 95. because Hogan wasn't, Hogan wasn't on every pay-per-view. So right, that should yeah. tell you that people were caring more about the product with, with or without him. Yep. Hey, we talked about Starcade 95. He was nowhere to be seen, and the whole oh, show centered... We don't talk about that. <laughs> Asshole. That well, we were never talking about that again. Now in the archives... Well, well, the uh, well, the whole show centered around uh, um, tournament, bro. Yeah, it was it was like a tournament for a, between WCW and New Japan for a stupid cup. <laughs> and another cool cups. <laughs> well, yet another wasted Starcade. By the way, like how many times did they waste Starcade on Battle Bowl and the New Japan WCW every World year? It's ninety six. I want to say, yeah, freaking sucked. Nobody gave a crap. And that was the oh, infamous well, well, Hogan Butcher year, wasn't it? Uh, ninety no ninety four actually oh, so okay. uh, yeah I was gonna correct you and say uh, excuse me but we had the infamous butcher versus Hogan match here so you watch your mouth oh, man. Uh, anyway can't back to this you gotta respect the hustle on that man just holding on holding on to Hogan's coattails all the years you have to respect yep. that that's uh, uh that's a baller move just uh just holding on for dear effing life man. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Eric Bischoff has nothing nice to say about him, by the way. I need to go back and listen to uh, uh, Eric Bischoff's podcast about the, the Hulkamania tour in Australia that uh, Beefcake was on. And uh, of course. According, well, according to uh, uh, Eric Bischoff, he said this is when he really started hating him. He said, because it was uh, since it was such a long catered flight and whatever. Um, I don't know if catered is the right word. It was a it was a large private flight, whatever. And there was a bar on the, the plane. It was one of those gigantic planes. There was an actual like bar in the center of it. And on the flight, uh, Beefcake got up on the bar and just pulled his junk out and pissed all over the place. Allegedly. So. Yeah, I can believe that. Yeah. And he was like, he, he said he was, Bischoff, that is, said he was furious because it's like. I feel like wow, there's far uh, more p- things to get furious over. Well, he's like, we're, you know. 
he's making us look like asses. We get this pain, uh, this plane paid for the trip and, and, uh, this whole tour and everything else is paid for. And we're, we're making good money. And he gets up here and does this crap. Like real nice. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> so the original, the original plan called for Hulk Hogan to win the newly unified world title at the pay-per-view, but that might not be the case now. However, <clears throat> well, yeah. Oh, well, Look, in what world is that maybe not the plan now? Yeah. Well, Stevie Wonder could see that. Yeah, I said it. Well, it might not be the case now. Like, really? When Tony Khan would uh, make the right call on that one. Well, it says Hulk has creative control, so if he doesn't want to do the job, oh, he's not going. He's not doing the job. Point proven. <laughs> yep. Uh, well, stroke that Fu Manchu. And, well, like, every single me, thing you just said fell apart on itself. <laughs> He might not do it. Yep. He's got creative control. <laughs> Why would Hogan say, yeah, I'm going to come in on my first pay-per-view. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm going to lose the flair. Oh, you lost a flair on pay-per-view. What good are you to me now? That's pay-per-view, not TV, idiot. God. Still, still you lost a flair on pay-per-view. In, in front of our biggest buy rate yet. What good are you to me now? Because, you know, nobody's going to tune back in for that. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, well, he Turner, lost to the Brooklyn Brawler or something. Jeez. Ted Turner himself came down from the mountain to sign the contract on TV for the Flair Hogan match, uh, which marks the first time that Ted has involved himself in a wrestling angle. This resulted in lots of mainstream publicity All for it the took company. Was the two biggest stars in the world, huh? Yeah, hmm. right. Hey, Vince, I bought myself a wrestling company. Well, pal, I'm in the entertainment business. Yeah, it's like, shut the F up, Vince. <laughs> like, you know what he means. At the end of the day, was he wrong? It's like, um, I guess in '95 so, wasn't entertaining, so yeah, it kind of was. I liked, well, I liked, um, you know, what, what Jim Cornette said about it. It's like, I don't know why, why you would call it wrestling, even though we have wrestlers in a wrestling ring. That's stupid. In wrestling boots, wrestling tights. Yeah, right. <laughs> but it's not wrestling. Don't call it wrestling. How was uh, that? Anyway. What's that idiot, right? Um, Kevin Dunn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But this resulted in lots of mainstream publicity for the company, although, ironically, Hogan still uses all of Vince's buzzwords and verbiage when talking to the press. So you should wonder he, if they're Vince's or his. Yeah. It's like, so did he use words like sports entertainment and uh, superstars and crap like that? I can tell I you know, he did use the word belt, so he didn't use them all. Uh, in his, well, at that time, I don't know if that was such a taboo word, because if, if this very show we're, we're about to watch, Multiple people use the word belt. <laughs> so I don't think that stuck that in his up craw. Your pants, pal. I don't think that stuck in his craw until years later. It's like, dude, why why do you hate that word? So I mean, like I think, he, I, he would hate the the weirdest things. I, I get it, because it's really not belt. You no, know, I mean, but the reasoning is well, baffling. Well, actually the definition of belt, not to I, to any nerd out there. A strip of leather or other material worn around the waist or across the chest, especially in order to support clothing or carry weapons. So it says it's specially ad, but it doesn't have to. So at the end of the day, it's still a belt. But it's like, oh, that doesn't sound as cool as championship. Like, yeah, a belt but- with a bigger buckle than Jeff Foxworthy would wear. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's like that. And oh, well, let's not say hospital. Let's say medical facility. Like, yeah. People know what you mean, man. Nobody says medical facility. It's like so effing weird. 
the main problem among many, many problems uh, since Ted Turner bought WCW is that no one seems to know what the direction of the company is actually supposed to be. It's never actually. been close. It's never been close to either being number one or even or even being profitable through Jim Hurd and Kip Fry and Bill Watts and now Eric Bischoff. Patience. Right. Yeah. Like Eric Bischoff just took over, man. And he just brought in the biggest name in the business. Calm down, nerds. Good grief. Or, yeah. Well, I guess it sets up for... Shut the fuck up, Dave! I mean, you that's can use that any time whatsoever about the whole podcast, but... I mean, that that's true, but... <sighs> uh, this next story broke my heart. So, Max Payne didn't so much quit WCW oh, as much... Oh, no! He didn't I've quit never, w- ever been this depressed by a lead into a story in my life. Sorry, well, he, didn't, he didn't so much quit WCW as much as he got asked to leave. I wonder why. Isn't, that, isn't he on his way to be Man Mountain Rock? Yep. Oh, well, oh. <laughs> and man, what a signing that was, huh? <laughs> <laughs> why did, like, did Vince think, oh, I can draw money with this guy? Like, what? What? People can say you're like uh, an evil genius and whatever. You're not that much of a genius. Like, calm down, nerd. Nobody's going to make money with with uh, this guy. All right. Man, mountain, effing rock. Hell yeah. I don't know where to slip the effing in with those ones when there's three. So <laughs> Nobody's going to make a dime off of him. Or well, I guess that, a dime. Cue it up. Well, I guess that sets me up for those guys never drew a dime. <laughs> He strummed a guitar every night of the week. Never drew a dime. This one, uh, like, well, duh. Expect Harlem Heat to get a big push, I'd say. Yeah, okay. That's going to happen. Booker two rings. (laughs) (laughs) He's not exactly Nostradamus with that one. But, you know. (sighs) But now. I will say this throughout history. Let's be real. There wasn't many uh, black tag teams that got monster pushes like they did. They were probably the first. That's no disrespect to Doom and Rocky and Tony Atlas, but it's, it's real. It's true. So I was going to say, yeah, the Soul Patrol, um, Atlas and, and uh, Johnson, probably the closest I, I could think of. But then again, I can't really name many like black tag teams. Well, because there weren't many. So, right. You know, I mean, Harlem Heat was the one. Uh, what about PG 13? I stand nope. corrected, you ass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, come on. The greatest African American tag team of all time. Come on. <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, running away quickly from that. But yeah, they, they went on to be a huge thing. Like I said, Booker got two rings out of that. Yeah, right. Hey, yeah, there was Booker T and the guy who was famous for tagging him in. <laughs> who was once in war games with the NW, as a member of the NWO. <laughs> yeah. Because you know, when I think of, you know, the, the best tag team you can, or, or best team you can put together for the NWO, uh, it definitely involves Buff Bagwell and Stevie F. and Ray. Who was the third member of that team? Well, was it Brian Adams? Buff. I'm pretty sure it wasn't even Buff. I think it was Hogan Hart and Stevie Ray. That's what made it funny because one of these things is not like the others. <laughs> was it? Uh, was it Fall Brawl '99? It was '98, I want to say. Yeah, '98. Uh, okay. I think it was Hogan Hart and him. I'm. I think. I'm pretty sure. Uh, team. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That. All right. Well, I I Here's stand up. corrected. I want to hear so. it. That is correct. Yeah, it was uh, See, three had it teams. Buff, had it been Buff, it wouldn't have been as funny. Because, like, wow, these two. But no, it's yeah. one. 
you know? I forgot. I, I'm pretty sure now in the archives, we two of the greatest names in history and Stevie F and Ray. <laughs> yeah. Cause on one, the one team, team WCW, you got diamond Dallas page who was, you know, on a big upward trajectory. You got rowdy, Roddy Piper. You got the warrior, which, you know, say what you will, but he was a big star. And then you got the NWO Wolfpack, Kevin Nash, Sting, Lex Luger, and then NWO Hollywood. You got Hollywood Hogan, <laughs> Bret Hart, Stevie Ray. <laughs> yeah. You ass hurt my throat at my ribs. <laughs> I just. Uh, why? Uh, before you ask, I don't know why. I mean, I know you, you know, you know, I don't know why, but there was other people. I mean, they were the only three in the NWO. I mean, I guess you could have got worse. You might have touched on something with why not both. Yeah, why not Scott both? Steiner. Uh, Scott Steiner. Scott, yeah, Scott Steiner. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess he could have gotten worse. Could have got like Scott Norton or Vincent. I but... highly disagree with that. Scott Norton would have been worse. Well, I I think Scott Norton was less of a star, and uh, I don't Depends know. Depends on he, where uh, geographically. Ar- <laughs> yeah, I mean, arguably he's a better wrestler, but. Uh, either way, it's really unfair to judge him off his WCW run. It's really unfair. I want to be one of those I, I mean, idiots. Oh, you should see Japan stuff, but he is good. Yeah, I, I, I hate, I'm not saying he, I hate fanboys like that. You never see him in Japan. No, I only watch American <laughs> wrestling. Not like anything against it, but why would I need to see him in Japan? You know what I mean? But yeah, for kicks and giggles, I, mean, I did watch some of his stuff in Japan, and he is pretty damn good. He is. Uh, uh, I. I don't know. It's it it's a different style. You don't have to be charismatic over there. So you know, it, it is what it is. But I, but I guess in thinking about it, you get your point though. Stevie Ray was part of Harlem Heat, and the way Norton was presented was just as Bagwell's muscle. So yeah, there is that. Pretty Can't deny much. it. Yep. Uh but the WWF now, where King Kong Bundy is telling people that he's coming back in right away. So is Dave yep. Boy Smith. So yep. is Davy Boy Smith and a, and uh, apparently Barbarian as well, who is yep. currently replacing Diesel on house shows due to injury. Um, maybe I don't know if that, but that, but all those that do happen. Was Barbarian they back? Did they mention Barbarian? Barbarian comes? No, did they mention he comes back as part of the Head Shrinkers? Replaces Sam Moon? Uh, no, it doesn't mention that. Uh, which is funny he... because I don't uh, Sioni. Which is funny because he's not he's not Samoan. I think he's Tongan, if I remember right. Yeah, as far as I remember. I mean, they're like, ah, whatever, they're all from those islands. That's probably what they said. Before anybody takes offense, that's probably what they said. (laughs) Right, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that. I get it, they're different. I don't know. The only thing I know about their differences is they're not from the same place. (laughs) Like, they're close, but I don't know. Yeah, it is this time, man. Brian Lee debuted as The Undertaker on (laughs) WWF Superstars. (laughs) Here's and, just a little example of how 95 is going right yeah. here in one uh, yeah. single frame. Click. Yeah. yeah 1994 was a, was an interesting time. Uh, and the makeup 90, people did. Uh, yeah. I, the, forget where 90, I watched the right, right show. I swear I didn't watch 95. I mean, I, Good. I wouldn't watch 95 to save my life, but I just have, I just have got to take my soul. I don't want to watch 1995, but yeah. Not again. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, the makeup people did an amazing job of making him actually look like the real deal. No one knows for sure when Mark Calloway will be returning to confront him. Although, yeah, although it won't be King of the Ring. Well, he got one. Yeah, I mean, unless you really looked at him, he looked pretty close. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, because they didn't really focus on him with the camera. We're looking back at it. Right. And uh, he, he got his hair in his really, eyes. Really, really pale, too. Right. And he kept, he kept his hair in his face and whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, when, when you keep the, the hair in your face, too, it kind of, you know, it uh, obscures the, the look, bro. Bro. So, can't really see it very good. But yeah, I mean, when when they're face to face at SummerSlam, you can you can see it for sure. But <sighs> this one, the WWF versus military tug of war on the USS Intrepid on June sixth drew a whopping fifty fans. The wrestlers won. In case you're wondering, ah, yeah, they probably put freaking Mabel in the back of it and was well, like, well, he just was. Pull. There. I think Bigelow was there too. All the uh, three and four pounders. It's kind of unfair, but. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, hey, we beat the military by putting the fat asses in the back. <laughs> Just fall back, bro. Not even here at this time, but you know what I mean. I think he's about anyway. to stop. Yeah. Uh, here, I actually, here I think, actually on the contrary, I think he is there, but I don't think he's started yet. He's writing the magazine. Not, right. Uh, over to Mexico now, where Vampiro is looking to oh, jump from, from CMLL to AAA in what would be a major shakeup of the Mexican market. It could come as soon as August. The main problem is that CML owner Paco Alonso owns the rights to the name Canadian Vampire, so that would be a major issue. If Vampiro does jump to AAA, you can expect Black Magic, Norman Smiley, to jump with him, managed by yeah. managed by Magnate, who is a million-dollar man ripoff. This jump actually never happens, so it's all a moot point. What happened, plan yeah. change? I guess so. Yeah, there was always a thing like... Um, uh, Vampiro and, and Conan were quote unquote rivals, but in totally different companies for years and years. So they were like competing to see who could be the bigger star in their respective company, but they didn't really face off a whole lot. Uh, yeah, I think he stuck around at CMLL for a long time. He eventually did go to AAA like later on, but I, I don't know exactly when. <laughs> but uh, Uncle Dave makes a dig here because, like he said, uh, that Matt no. He said that Magnate is a million-dollar man ripoff, and then he's managing Nor- uh, Black Magic, Norman Smiley. He's like, where have I seen this before where a muscular black guy is managed by a rich white guy? Hmm. Well, seriously, where? Because it kind of went the other way, right? Well, no, I mean, Vincent was, uh, I mean, he wasn't technically managed by the million-dollar man, but, you know, they were a team, sort of. But either way, to the indies now. Tim Horner, who was part of the founding group behind Smoky Mountain Wrestling, has left the company after playing the lame Kendo the Samurai character for the past few months. Fear not, as the role How is that con- lame? That sounds like money. Right. Well, fear not, as the role will continue with Bobby Blaze in his place. Oh, thank so, God. Who? Right. <laughs> who? <laughs> uh, but, yeah, Tim Horner and uh, Bobby Blaze. Tim Horner, here's he, a who. These two guys are like two of the whitest guys you could find from the South. And you're having them in a character, Kendo the Samurai. (laughs) As we know, you know, there are a lot of famous samurais from the Southern United States. Is it samurais or is it just samurai? I don't know how the plural goes. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, You know what I mean? Like deers and deer. Like there's no deers. I don't know how that goes. Oh, man, I, I... and one day at work, I floored a coworker with that. Yeah. I'll never forget that because we were talking about little cups that shots of espresso go in. 
they're called demi toss, yeah. right? And then yeah. he he had multiple. He goes, oh, he's all the demi tosses, and just being a smart ass, I'm like, oh, it's it's the same plural, like just multiple. I'm like, you know, like deer, and he just started laughing. Who the hell says deer? <laughs> Everybody. You want me to say? You want me to say fish? <laughs> oh man. Um. Well, uh, keeping up in there though. For all time's sake, Jim Cornette had his face shoved into a cake by the thrill seekers on his on this week's Smoky Mountain Wrestling TV. <sighs> he said he would eat get- so much of that as it was going into his face every time. <laughs> uh, can you blame him? <laughs> no, I mean, he probably it's funny though. It's like, hey, you know, show a cake in my face. I'm gonna eat half of it. But... <laughs> yeah, I'm going in mouth first. <laughs> Whoa! From my flashback. Okay. <laughs> Good lord. Uh, Jim Cornette is also cutting costs by reducing payouts from $150 per show to $400 per week flat, although babyfaces still make good money by selling merchandise at the tables. Gimmick. $400 per week. Yeah, right. Yeah. Now, are you proper term. three days a week? Because then you're already taking a loss on that. If you're only working two, you're gaining more, right? If I'm uh, doing math. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, I, I mean... $400 per week back then in uh, 94, I guess that wasn't horrible, but does he co- also, th- is he covering travel expenses, or are you paying for those? Oh, hell because no. Because that sucks. Although, I, I think he well, wait, he preferred... wait, when you're only smoking Mountain, aren't you in, like, one spot? Uh, I mean, he, the same geographical location, so, uh, I don't know, I, I think he preferred everybody to kind of live close. So because of that, because he couldn't afford to pay for your travel. So, I, I mean, there were certain big stars he would pay for. Like, I mean, if like if he booked Arn Anderson or something like that, I'm sure he would pay for his his transit and all that. But Undertaker went down there a couple times. Yeah, Shawn Michaels, I guess, defended the IC title against um, the buddy Ricky Landell. Ryan. Oh God, <laughs> what I said would have been better. Yeah, right. <laughs> How dare you? Buddy Landell was the nature boy that everybody remembers. When you hear nature boy, you think Buddy Landell. No? Okay. Oh. <laughs> Last story I have for you is right up your alley, man. Here we go. Uh, Herb Abrams is promoting a show on, oh, September, God. on September 23rd in Las Vegas with the main event of Blackjack Brawl. Yep, now in the archives. Oddly enough, well, the main event is Dr. Death Steve Williams versus Sid Vicious, plus Warlord and Barbarian versus the Killer Bees, and Santino, or excuse me, Tito Santana versus Dan Spivey. Shut up and take my money! <laughs> Did we do that show? Uh, yeah, uh, Blackjack Brawl. Uh, so we didn't do the, know. we didn't do the other one, right? What other one? The Beach, Beach? Yeah. Beach Brawl? No, we did not do that one. Uh, I don't know if I want to put myself through that. I don't know if I can mentally handle it. I got to, again, plug it. Everyone needs to go watch the episode Dark Side of the Ring. I still think it's the best episode they've ever done. It, yeah, it was, it was fairly entertaining. Look, I can only take so much mental abuse, okay? Uh, yeah, this was the very show, September 23rd, 1994, MGM. Check this out for anybody that's curious. It's at the MGM Grand Garden Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. You know, the fairly famous one. They drew 600 people. And you know how much that thing holds? Uh, Tell them what that thing holds. Uh, it's more than 10 times that. I know that. I think it's 17,000, if I remember correctly. Let's see. 
MGM Grand Garden Arena, uh, let's see, capacity. Let's Google this. Uh, 16,800. Close enough. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I've used this term before. It looked like a piss hole in a snowbank. There's no way you can paper that, man. No way. No, that's the entire arena, essentially. Yeah, pretty much. And yeah, going, off the, going off the documentary, he did this because of WrestleMania 9. Right. But the well, problem has- is, you're not WWE. Right. Well, hashtag plans changed, by the way, with uh, some of this, because the, the card, actually, we got, there was like 500 title matches on the show. None of these yeah, it's, titles it's like amounted a- to... AEW show. Well, you got a title. You got a title. Everybody gets one. Yeah, he was basically uh, the Jewish Oprah out there, you know, just handing them out like candy. And <laughs> with his I mean, awesome get... boots that everyone was there to see. Wait till you see oh, yeah, his boots. People are going to lose their mind. <laughs> we had matches like Dan Spivey versus Johnny Ace, uh, Mondo Guerrero versus Jack Armstrong. Uh, I know what you're thinking. No, I don't know who he is. Uh, Sunny Beach versus Dr. Feelgood. That one right there. Put the asses in seats. Who's Dr. Feelgood? I, I think we talked about it at the time. No clue. <laughs> I know Sunny Beach is. Yeah. He was one of their top guys. Yeah. And, that, and that's saying something. Cowboy Bob Orton versus uh, Finland Hellraiser Thor. Who was... Uh, that is uh, Ludwig Borger, right? Right, yeah. I was about to ask you what the hell his name was. The Karate Kid versus Little Tokyo for the midget world championship <sighs> real name uh samson versus the irish assassin oh yeah we're uh, putting this on the doctor watching this oh we no we've seen this already it's now in the archives uh steve uh, i don't really steve, remember it thank you god yeah blackjack brawl everybody <laughs> now in the archives go check it out it was one of our favorite podcasts to record actually because it was so ridiculous clearly i've forgotten it all <laughs> steve the wild thing ray who uh thought that was, he was another one of their, take- that was another one of their top guys right he yeah he, uh, he thought he was Shawn michaels taking on tyler the lion main who played saber tooth oh yeah x-men movie yeah uh candy divine versus uh tina moretti who is ivory by the way uh and then yeah killer bees versus the new powers of pain which is warlord and the power warrior i, I don't know who the power because as we mentioned barbarian is not there anymore uh, Jimmy Snuka versus the guy hockey using in uh, in uh, Japan to be part of the LOD when Al wasn't there. Uh, I th- thought so. I think this is a different person using the name, if I remember correctly. So it was even lamer. <laughs> but uh, as if uh, that's we, possible, right? Then we get uh, Jimmy Snuka versus Cactus Jack, and yes, the main event was Doctor Death Steve Williams versus Malicious Sid Vicious. <sighs> Yeah. yeah. Fresh off headlining WrestleMania. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, this happened. This happened, everybody. But anyway, uh, Uncle Dave calls this the George Sahorian Benefit Show. God. Good Lord. Yeah. More, doc- People- more uh, Dark Side of the Ring, by the way. Go watch that episode, right. too. Right. <laughs> Uh, Steroid yeah, episode, by I, the way. It's the last episode they produced as it's recording. Because well, actually, were, as of this airing, I believe it's already back on TV. Oh. oh, well, there you go. On a channel that's about to be shut down, I think. <sighs> yeah. Either way, that does it for the news and notes. On the other end of this, we're going to get into the event at hand. And man, what an event it was. 
We'll get into all that. Yeah, well, calm down. (laughs) We'll get into all that on the other end of this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. What's up, everybody? I am the hardest part of the ring, the host of the Apron Bump podcast. Ugh, another wrestling podcast. How many times can I listen to fans tell me who needs a push, who doesn't need a push, who brings Vince's coffee these days? Enough! The Apron Bump is about the journey. It's about nostalgia. It's about discovering new forms of wrestling to really tickle your pickle as a wrestling fan. The podcast brings you reviews of wrestling events all over the world, whether it's WWF, WWE, WCW, ECW. We even cover the golden eras of Ring of Honor, Progress, TNA, and more promotions in the future as well. New episodes every Wednesday. Bump day. Uh-huh. Yeah. Go to apronbump.com or go to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube and subscribe today for the most diverse, fan-friendly wrestling podcast in the world. I'm hard. event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on youtube find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks and we're back we're back it's wwf king of the ring 1994 the date june 19th 1994 the tagline the perfect father's day card oh yeah happy father's day father (laughs) happy father's day dad here's some shit uh, like, dude, I, I I'm going to be honest, though, I remember watching this with my dad. We ate it up, man. It was great. But Well, I was going to say, I think after watching the show, he would have been happier getting socks. But either way, <laughs> I kid. Sort of. But the venue was the Baltimore Arena in Baltimore, Maryland. Man, fuck the Ravens. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't particularly have a problem with them, but I know you have a huge problem with them. But... Yeah, yeah. Hey, you got your Steelers dig in there. I had to get the... the yeah, rating. but that's universal. This one's just personal, see? Now you're just being selfish. I lie. It's, uh, any, anybody in the AFC North will agree with me. All right? And uh, anybody who they may have... Uh, I don't know. Do they have any, like, rivals out there? Like, we, we have a... Like, the Browns don't like the, the, um, the Broncos because of the AFC Championship games back in the 80s that they, that they beat us in. I don't know if the Ravens have anything like that. I think that's you new, honestly. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. Who was it they beat in the Super Bowl? Maybe the they Giants beat. and the Niners. So. Okay, well, yeah, maybe those teams hate them. I don't know. And uh, by the way, screw both of those teams for allowing the Ravens to win. <sighs> Damn it! I you can, had one I job. Can, I can dedicate twenty minutes to the screw uh, saying screw the Niners if you want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, uh, a certain uh, mutual friend of ours that listens to the show will take offense to that. <laughs> uh, you know, he knows it's uh. It's a. It's not even really ge- geographical rival anymore because we're not even here, but it's historic. Yeah. Well, the attendance for this one was twelve thousand. The buy rate was uh, 12,000 poor souls, or didn't know what the hell they were doing that night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, the pay per view buy rate was point seventy three, which amounted to one hundred and eighty five thousand buys. And you just said you and your dad were uh, so a couple yeah, of them buys. It. There you go. Uh, but we get a view of Baltimore during the day, which, you know, hey, hey, you guys want to see a crap hole during the day? Here you go. 
<laughs> before we see. Wow. Is it really? Uh, yeah, as far as I know, Baltimore's a crime-ridden hellhole. <laughs> so, wow. I mean, I don't know about back then. I know now it is. Uh, I wouldn't be freaking caught dead in Baltimore, not just because of, I hate their uh, their ball team. Well, if there's anybody from the Baltimore area, you know, let me know. But yeah, is every damn marquee city in our country a crap hole? Uh, I mean, pretty much. Some are better than others, but yeah, pretty much. San Francisco, Chicago, Cleveland, Manhattan, Washington D.C. You know, honestly, I I've been to Orlando. It wasn't that bad. But uh, I think the market city in Florida might be Miami, though, to be fair. But, uh, right. Yeah, um, Orlando has its areas, and it depends on, like, how much you're willing to spend, where you're willing to go, all that kind of stuff. Because, uh, like, my mother-in-law went down there before, and, I, oh. and uh, that's, we, we were talking about that. It's like, yeah, most of their hotels are, um, you know, that are affordable are, um, uh, we'll say crap. I think crap is an appropriate term. <laughs> And everything I, costs. Yeah, I left one um, off, by the way. But you and I went to New Orleans. Man, that was the the dream. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was uh, yeah, something. Uh, I, and I'm not sure I, w- I ever want to go back to Chicago. I went there enough, seen it, done it. Um, uh, I've been there uh, twice. Uh, I was it was something. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I think I've seen enough. I'll tell you one marquee city that was nice that I had a lot of fun in was uh, uh, Toronto. Not America. There. That was a yeah, nice I mean, city. That was probably the nicest marquee city I've ever been to. I've never been outside of America, so. But uh, we now see Jeff Jarrett, Owen Hart, IRS, and Bam Bam Bigelow. What a motley crew. Uh, all showing Rose up. Gallery. <laughs> <laughs> all showing up to where the tournament bracket is posted on a cork board or whatever. They keep moving their names down the bracket. Oh, God, who the hell let them in? Jeff Jarrett swears it's going to be him and Owen. You could just tell how good of a friends they were. It's hella sad. Yeah, I know. But after the opening package, we go into the arena and hear Ricky Metlock, or Medlock, whatever, from the band Blackfoot singing the U.S. National Anthem. Yeah, they were uh, yeah. just digging for somebody, huh? Somebody sing it! Dude, dude, I looked it up. I was like, they didn't have a single single, like, they didn't have any singles around this time. They didn't have a brand new album, but they didn't have a single on the entire album. So, like, I can't name one single song by Blackfoot. Like, really? And were they big in the Baltimore area? Like, I know Switchfoot. Now, they're badass, but I don't know how Blackfoot is. Yeah, right. I saw Switchfoot live, by the way. Anyway, uh, commentary is, as we mentioned earlier, Art Donovan, Gorilla Monsoon, and Macho <sighs> Man Randy Savage. Yeah. Look, no disrespect, but, you know, Macho Man wasn't exactly great announcing. No. He was entertaining, like, but, you know. He, he was made like, to look I, like I, an I expert right here. I compare it to Jericho in AEW. He's not going to win any awards or anything, but man, he's entertaining as hell. You listen to him. <laughs> right. Uh, but the first match is a King of the Ring tournament quarterfinals match. It is Bam Bam Bigelow with Luna Vachon taking on Razor Ramon. This goes about eight and a half minutes. Razor flicks his toothpick at Luna after Luna gets in his face. <laughs> By match one of the night, it's obvious that WWE didn't give a damn if commentary was even good or not because Art Donovan was clearly going to suck, and he did. He yeah, was, and according to Uncle David's nephews, uh, wasn't uh, Monsoon the worst announcer in, Dave, or in wrestling every year? Uh, pretty much. Well, there you go. Yeah. Yep. Well, he asked here. He was like, "Oh, why is that? Why is that woman yelling?" And <laughs> freaking Gorilla was like, "Well, she wants her man to win." He's like, "Ah, <laughs> okay, I get it now." 
Dude, what the like, hell, you know, man? Ella, like, kicks dirt on you because you're being an incompetent ump? That's exactly what she's doing. Yeah, right. Well, in the end, Lou Pinella, I can't think of any other a-hole managers in that era. <laughs> in the end, Bam Bam goes up top. Razor pulls him off and rolls him up for the pinfall win. Uncle Dave gave it a star and three quarters. I give it two and a half. It was average. What say you? I, I gave it two. It was okay. Nothing great. Once again, Razor Ramon, <sighs> just how damn good he is. Just saying. Bam Bam was really good, but this match wasn't like indicative of that. It was, it was just okay. But we go backstage where Todd Oh, Gill, flashback again. Good God. Uh, Todd Pettengill and his hell of a mullet is standing by with uh, IRS Pettengill. and Mabel. I'm glad you <laughs> said that, by the way, because I'm going to be pissed if you didn't acknowledge that mullet. Hell yeah. Gotta love that mullet. I, I got so sad when he chopped it off. Like, what are you doing, man? Now I don't give a damn about you. I quote Matt Cardona with uh, carrying Cross. You cut your hair off like that. Beautiful. You're a piece of shit. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> But he's standing by with IRS and Mabel. IRS trips all over his promo. Did you notice that? I did. Like, what the hell, So what man? happened? Is the teleprompter going off Obama or what? Yeah, he like short-circuited. He's like, dick, 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 my jib. But Mabel says that IRS better not be worried about Razor. He better be worried about him. Oscar now walks up in a big-ass white blazer and says that this isn't personal. It's just business. And now we've got another King of the Ring. My tournament. God, how a year changes things, huh? Yeah, right. Uh, but it is the King of the Ring tournament quarterfinals yet again. It is IRS versus Mabel with Oscar in his corner. Here's Mo, by the way. Dude, uh, he's he was he's hurt. Uh, I just passed, or yeah, I just passed all this in my binge watching. I just passed it, but he's hurt. Yeah, he's gone for a long time. Then he just shows wow. back on superstars, and they're there. Not a, not that he deserves a big. Hey, he's back, but he just was. Back, just you know, he never gone. Well, for people that don't know, they were called Men on a Mission, M O M for Mabel, Oscar, Mo, and all that. You know, play. Ooh, when so, I was a kid, man, I ate this up. I love them. Yeah, I mean, they were. I will say this: if I was going to pick any time that I actually cared about Mabel, this was it. He still over as hell. Listen to that crowd. He comes out, man, over as hell. He had a cool look, bro. Uh, you know, the, the group was over, the rapping, the dancing. Yeah. So they turned him heel. Yeah. No, no explanation. Yep. Just, uh, I always wonder, uh, some, some heel turns back in the day, I always wonder why. Like, them and Tatanka were my top two. I'm like, why? Well, you know why, Greg, because. Me, right? Yeah. 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 So, but IRS comes out. Oh, this goes five and a half minutes, by the way. The excuse will always be lack of heels, but like, and what? You look at them, and they, them is what you see as the top heels, really? Always well, a big, mean, nasty, monster heel. It's like, why, though? Like, Because when you turn heel, not a person gave a damn, dude. Right, yeah. And not to see the that. dead, but no. <laughs> nobody wanted to see that except one person, Vince McMahon. <laughs> so, I don't know. Oh, I gotta, gotta put him at, at the top of the card, have him taken on. on uh, hey, correct me if I'm uh, wrong. I, I could be very wrong here, but I think he's like the first black wrestler to really get a real shot at the title. Pretty sure. Be. Yeah, uh, very well might it's be. Kind of, it's kind of historic right there. Too bad he sucks, I mean, I'm but, not going to you know. count the one-offs of like uh, of Danny's uh, Brown and people like that, but I mean, like you got a major thing at SummerSlam. It was a huge thing. Yeah, yeah, it was a it was a big feud. Uh, people 
try not to remember it because it was so freaking awful. But yeah, I mean, it did happen. <laughs> Whether we want to remember it or not, you know, it still happened. Oh, God. Anyway. Uh, but so IRS comes out cutting a promo on the crowd about being tax cheats. This was literally every promo he ever did. Like, Dude, he, there's a part coming up and not in the show, but uh, when he goes to the grave of somebody, he says, just because you're dead doesn't mean you're exempt from paying taxes. I'm like, what are you going to do? Have his force goes <laughs> pay? Have you ever heard of the death tax, Greg? That's hey, God, can you, can you put his soul back in his physical body? He's got to pay his taxes. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't work like that. Yeah, well, like I said, have you ever heard of the death tax? There you go, man. Anyway, uh, but Art Donovan literally asks, is this one of the wrestlers? He looks like a businessman. <laughs> Good God. Yeah, man. Girl is like, oh, you know, gimmick. Be careful, Art. He'll come over and out at you. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, Art, his name is IRS. That's a gimmick. God, like, he didn't even get semi educated, and he's on, the, on commentary all night. And it's not just a throwaway not, raw. Not only, not only not get semi-educated, but he clearly doesn't want to be in product, period. Right. Dude. Now, ben I understand. Austin. It would take a while to educate him on this, but then it begs the question, why the hell is he here? Yeah, right. But Oscar then wraps Mabel to the ring. Mabel almost gets jumped by IRS to begin uh, this one, but... Dude, I wish they had uh, Oscar to put with the, the acclaimed, oh, man, that'd be great. Yeah, right. Uh, Mabel actually rolls through with a small package at one point, and I'm shocked IRS was able to kick out of that. There were a couple times where I'm like, dude, Mabel's just putting his full weight on him and looked like he was struggling to kick out. <laughs> but in That's the funny, end, I have a note on that. I'm like, man, this match right here shows just how great Rotunda is. Yeah, well, it explains why he was dripping sweat at the end. But in the end, IRS hooks Mabel's leg and the bottom rope at the same time. This is the weakest cheek cover i have ever seen but irs still wins <laughs> uncle dave gave it a half a star i gave it a star and a half let's see you i gave it one yeah it sucked damn and you can't accuse the irs of not working his ass off here yeah he got you know bless his heart yeah them working tried. boots on <laughs> yeah, right. yeah so i can i can ease up on him a little later in the night but uh we'll get to that but backstage we join jim Cornette, mr fuji yokozuna and crush Cornette says that tonight we're going to see new WWF tag team champions. I didn't know this was ever a team, but here we are. Wait, you, wait, you really didn't? Yeah, this no, was I didn't. This catalyst for Crush turning on Macho Man because he, he didn't save Crush from being bonsai drops. Yeah. Huh. Uh, yeah, I forget about that. Yeah. But Mr. Fuji gives a pep talk to the wrestlers. Then they chase the cameraman out of the locker room. We now go to... to oh, yes. I, I wrote down on there, I'm like, man, imagine that. They acknowledge there's a cameraman in there. <laughs> yeah, right. He's not I just think, like walking in. I think Cornette and Kevin Owens are the only two in history to acknowledge a cameraman being there. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we now go like, to... Like, Sam, you ever find it weird that every time we're talking, there's a damn cameraman here with us? <laughs> like, I can't Have believe you... he said that on TV. <laughs> it reminds me of, uh, I think it was the second Goofy movie, where uh, Pauly Shore's character, he's like, you ever find it weird that we're all we're, like wearing gloves? And then, like, they stop and they all look at their hands. <laughs> I remember uh, that. Yeah. We now go to another King of the Ring tournament, bro, quarterfinals match. It is the Native American Tatanka 
as opposed to you know the uh, the, the Chinese Tatanka. Tatanka. <laughs> yeah, the 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 Chinese rice farmer Tatanka. It's just it's it makes me laugh too that um, they always hammered that at home. It wasn't just like a moniker. Yeah, you know, it's almost like He's, nowadays with Seth freaking Rollins, like they hammer it home, let you know that's part of the name. Right, the Native American Tatanka. Like, okay, uh, yeah, because there there are so many, I might get it confused. But he's taken on Owen Hart. This one goes eight uh, eight minutes, 18 seconds. So with more brilliant insight, Donovan wants to know how much Tatanka weighs. Yeah, I think he already said it multiple. I think he said it with Mabel, too. I completely forgot to mention that. But yeah, he's a large sure man. What does he, he weigh? Why, why is he not playing football? Why is he doing this? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> why is he in your stupid company? He's wasting his time here. Like, all right. By the way, not, up, to, not to bring up bad memories, but are the Ravens already a thing at this point? Uh, no. I think next year. I want to say uh, February ninth, nineteen ninety six, is when they officially oh, started. So we're in the Browns' last season now. Okay. Yeah, but Tatanka actually jump starts this one on Owen. During the match, we get a side by side video of Razor Ramon and IRS being held apart backstage. Yeah, more IRS on this. On the show, man. That's what we need. Dude, he was uh, on every damn Raw at Superstars back then. They, they were going hard with him. Yeah, Ted DiBiase isn't even here anymore, is he? Oh, no, he still is, right? Uh, he's still yeah. there. He's about to be yeah. reforming the corporation here soon. That's right. I remember. Yeah, because 95, he gets uh, uh, Nik- Nikolai Volkov in there. That's where it all stuff. starts, uh, actually, which is a kind of a weak start, if you ask me. No disrespect. But And the, yeah. So he, and the one, two, three just, kid. Just, well, that's way later, but uh, well, yeah. Nikolai's just Talk sitting in the in the uh, crowd. Like, hey, Nikolai Volkov, one more day wrestlers here. Ted DiBiase just <laughs> goes up and buys him. Like random. Like, what about this guy that said, "Oh, I need to get this guy part of my group." Mail order <laughs> Russians. I think there's a website for that. Uh, yeah, they are... screen they screen heavy too. By the way, they turn me down. Yeah. But I digress. <laughs> Anyway, in the end, Tatanka goes for a sunset flip, but Owen drops to his knees and gets the pinfall win. Uncle Dave gave this three and a quarter stars. I gave it two and a half. Thought it was average. I'll say you. I gave it two. Yeah, it was fine. I'm like, damn, why did Dave like this so much? Like, Owen was great and all, but believe it or not, he's got better stuff coming up. In a shorter match. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I, by the way, I like, uh, I like Tatanka. I thought he was really good. Oh, yeah, I would have. I, I would have been Sorry. perfectly cool. Uh, I would have been perfectly fine with them slapping the the world title on it back then. Like Man, he was going how, through his wings. How much of a breath do you take to say that the King of the Ring, the Native American Tatanka? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, if they would have, if they would have made Tatanka when he was doing his uh, his winning streak stuff, if they would have pushed him to the moon, made him world champ eventually, I, I don't think anybody would have batted an eye. Nope, something. Uh, Something derailed him along the way. I don't know if it was uh, when they had to release him for a little bit because of the that legal crap he got roped into. Uh, we talked about it on another podcast. I, I don't remember the timeline. He ended up Some, being innocent, right? Yeah, a woman accused him and, and somebody else of like assaulting her in a hotel. Come to find out it wasn't him at all. It was... Uh, oh, uh, uh, Jim, uh, one of the, heavy, one of the heavenly bodies, right? Yeah. Yeah, Gigolo Jimmy Del Rey. Allegedly! So, uh, yeah, it was not Tatanka. Yeah, it was allegedly. But, no, no disrespect to the deceased. Right. Well, we go backstage now with Todd Pettengill standing by with Diesel and Shawn Michaels. Todd Pettengill. 
we see footage from an edition of The King's Court where Sean attacks Bret Hart, helping Diesel drop him with a jackknife. Diesel hasn't found his footing with his promos just yet, so Sean does most of the talking. I feel like... Right, yeah, I mean, by 95, he's definitely, like, locked in. And the world champ. Right. But, like, right here, you can tell he's still playing the heel character. You know, he's not, like, you know, letting it flow normally. But, uh... Either way, when asked if they know who the Hart family member is who will be in Brett's corner tonight, Sean says it's clearly not the Rocket, and no one in that family likes each other, so they're not worried. So going back to the news section real quick, this is perfect time to think this is where Bulldog's coming back, right? Right. That's honestly, because I, again, I I forget timelines exactly. I was full-on expecting this to be the British Bulldog. Uh, Spoiler, it was not. We'll get to who it was here in a bit. Uh, and that will set up a you know a, one of your favorite impressions of mine. But anyway, <laughs> up next we get the match. That this you might be where originated, actually. Uh, yeah, mostly. Well, that and who. Yeah. Uh, but now we go back, uh, or we 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 get a match now that you could have seen in '94, '96, '98, uh, you know, uh, 2004. Uh, we get Jeff Jarrett versus the One Two Three Kid. At the uh, in a King of the Ring tournament quarterfinals match, it was about four and a half minutes. You and I joked about this. I don't remember what TNA show it was where we were like, "Dude, Sean Waltman is taking on Jeff Jarrett in a match that you could have seen on Raw in 1994." <laughs> <laughs> My good God, man! But uh, and by the way, you had brought this up on a previous podcast. I I never saw this this attire for One Two Three Kid with the Harley Davidson ripoff logo. Yeah, I'm surprised it lasted as long as it did. Yeah. Uh, How the hell did they not get sued? Uh, I've seen a lot of people rip off that logo and be like perfectly fine with it. I, I'm assuming they get away with it because of parody. Like That's the only thing I could think of. But I don't know. But in the end, uh, Jarrett goes for a figure four, but one, two, three kid rolls him up with a small package for the win. Uncle Dave gave it two and a quarter. I gave it two and a half stars. What say you? I think three is what I give. I gave this two, yeah. I really enjoyed it, this match, but... He's got a better match coming up here in a second. Right. And and we was, just said. Right. This is fine. Uh, nothing, you know, right home about. But there wasn't a whole lot out of Jarrett at this time that I was like, man, that was such good stuff, pal. But Jeff Jarrett is so angry after the match, he hits three pile drivers on the kid. When referees try to get in Jarrett's way, he keeps shoving them away and does a couple of diving punches to the kid before leaving. Keep that in mind, by the way. He just took three pile drivers and two diving punches. Oh, we'll get to that. We're now shown a commercial for the new generation of the WWF. And now we go backstage. Which just means Hulk Hogan and Macho Man are either gone or on their way out. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, We now go backstage where Todd Pettengill is standing by with Bret Hart. Pettengill keeps calling for the video of Bret to be uh, being jackknifed. And it takes forever to start. To the point of where he's like, well, I guess we're not getting that video. Oh, wait, here it is. <laughs> like, oh, God. Uh, not not oh, a well-oiled wow. machine back then. But Brett says that he doesn't know if he can kick out of the jackknife, but he knows that Diesel is a long way from hitting him with it again. Uh, okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is promo, man. It's like, okay. Uh, great insight I, no, here, one never, no one ever accused Brett of being a good promo, so. Look, he had conviction in what he was saying, even if what he was saying was bullshit. But Brett says so Uncle Dave? Pretty much. 
Uh, but Brett says that he's going to chop Diesel down to his size tonight. When asked about who the family member accompanying him tonight will be, he says he won't tease Todd, and he'll find out with everyone else. Jeez, Todd. Get out of his business. But up next, it is... This is 94. So I guess at the time, it could have been Bruce or Keith, because they were just in the Survivor Series. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I was honestly, like, racking my brain. I'm like, it's got to be Bulldog, right? I was like, I can't think of anybody else. Like, I don't think it's one of the other ones, because I don't remember them. At the time, I'm like, I know who it is as the Bulldog. I remember at the time. Sure sure as hell, it was not going to be Smith, because, uh, uh, look, I, I'm, I'm going to preface this by saying... Allegedly! He was the crazy one in the family, so nobody was, <laughs> was going to invite him here. But either way. <laughs> the crazy one. Everybody's yeah. got the crazy one. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, he's uh, he's the uncle that, uh, you know, when he shows up to the family get-together, you just don't know what the hell's going to happen. Uh, and not he's, in a uh, fun way. He's Terry Funk and uh, who's the crazy one in the Anawaii family? Uh, all of them? I don't know. <laughs> uh, but this is for the WWF World's Heavyweight title. It goes just shy of 23 minutes. It is Bret Hart defending against Diesel, who has Shawn Michaels in his corner. This is when Diesel's theme was literally just an idling semi-truck blowing its horn. I don't know when he got actual music. When he uh, debuts holding the title, he just beat Bob back one four. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, God dang it, pal, we can't have the world title coming out to a truck horn. I was, re- but, I was listening to his podcast recently. Did you know that they were going to get George Thurgood's bad of the bone for him, and then they decided not to pay for it? Really? Yeah. That would have been awesome. Said. So that was the plan, and then they decided, we all pay for music, pal. <laughs> Dumb. I mean, I liked his theme, and I, I could see that. It was like kind of that same style. but Kind of had the uh, swagger, you know. Yeah. I liked, um, in TNA, he came out to a, a remix of Cashmere. That, that was pretty sweet. But, so, Diesel and Sean had some sweet-ass mullets right here, by the way. Like, Hell yes. This was like, like, you know, just blaring foghorn out of your Camaro <laughs> kind of driving down the road, Mississippi. <laughs> yeah. Heading, heading down to the, to the corner store to get yourself a, a carton of smokes, a tall boy and a, and a scratcher. I hang down like, in the van by the river. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, yeah, this, this was, I don't know what the hell that has to do with it. I just want to say it. <laughs> this is hardcore white right here, man. Like, <laughs> Hey man, we gotta pick ourselves up a case I, of I a case gotta of be honest though, I race. think Sean's was more sweet. His was his was longer, but uh I don't know, Diesel's was more like styled. Like uh like that picture of that guy I sent you from Comic Con. It's kinda like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> hey man, you told me to get a picture for you. Well you owe me why since you won that couple days prior when I was in the grocery store. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know when that became a thing, by the way. People don't uh, know what we're talking about. We just send each other moment pictures all day. Yeah. So, like, oh, I got to get a picture of this. <laughs> if you happen to be near us and you have a mullet, your picture will be taken when you're not looking. Just but don't worry. We're not assholes. We don't post it on social media. It's just it's only within no, it's our just... text chat. So, yeah, exactly. I don't do that. That's but, not right. You don't do stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, it, I will say it's not like we're like shaming anybody. We're just kind of like, damn, look at this mullet. Freaking sweet as hell, man. The goal is to find the sweetest mullet ever. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the whole it's a never ending thing. Right. Oh man. Uh he can go in full on Joe Dirt with it, man. <laughs> See, that's the mullet. Exactly. 
<laughs> uh, him or Billy Ray Cyrus, one of them too. That's the man who made but, the ball, I believe. I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah. I bet my life uh, on that. But this is one of my favorite Bret Hart attires where it looks like uh, like white paint splatters all over it. Uh, he and I don't think they've ever made this in Mattel. I know. It kind of sucks. But you know who he got in his corner, man? He got the f- he got that f***ing rhino back with him tonight. Yeah. Got the rhino with Jav, that big bastard. Yeah, because I remember pr- when Pritchard first said that, he said uh, 95 or 94. Stu called him. Uh, Vincent said that. Said, this has to be it, right? This is when he came back, right here. This has That's to be what originated. Hey, yeah, uh, you got any room for the rhino? Uh, the big bastard, he's uh, he's doing good. Yeah, you know, you think you can find a, a spot for him, man. Uh, what oh, yeah, does, man. What does Stu have on Vince, by the way? It's just one of those, like, uh, uh, they said Vince had, like, a soft spot for certain, like, old school promoters that were friendly with him back in the day. And Stu was one of them. And so he, he had used a soft all of his kids. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And his still, kids. <laughs> yep, he's still using the tally to this day, so there you go. But, yeah, Jim the Anvil Neidhart, man. He's back in the WWF, and... Uh, and the Hart Foundation's back. Yeah. The... That's a thing. But during the match, Sean hit a clothesline on Brett, and Neidhart chases him around the ring. Ref intercepts the anvil, though, and it allows Sean to hit Brett again. What good is Jim here, man? Like, and I know we're setting up for something. Why? Did you like, lose a uh, player on TV or something? <laughs> Basically. You wore a mask and called yourself who on TV? What could it be to me now? That's, yeah. That's coming up. Yeah. About a year, I think. Oh, we, we still haven't hit that yet? Gosh, oh, we're that's sad. Oh, man. So it's going to whole thing get with... worse. Yeah. Uh, he's going to disappear. But... For some reason, Yokozuna is going to take his place, which is really weird. And then he's going to come back as that, I think. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Shawn Michaels ends up distracting the ref long enough for, the, for Diesel to expose the steel of a turnbuckle. He goes to drop Brett on it, but Brett reverses and hits Diesel's face into it. Brett goes for a sharpshooter, but Shawn distracts him. Diesel, yeah, you're not, uh, I'm not surprised that the big dude trips over his own dick, by the way. Yeah, right. This to be a running uh, theme on our show. <laughs> unfortunately. Diesel ch- uh, cheap shots Neidhart outside the ring at one point, distracting everyone long enough for Sean to hit Brett with the IC title. This leads to a near fall. Anvil attacks Sean outside of the ring. Diesel hits a jackknife on Brett. And then Anvil jumps Diesel, leading it to a DQ. Uh... And you may know. be asking why right in front of the ref who was looking right at him. Hold on. Yeah. So. Yep, that's uh that's uh, it's it's coming. But I don't know, this was pretty meh until about the four like the last four to five minutes in my opinion. Uncle David uh, Uncle Dave gave it three and three quarter stars. I give it an even three. What say you? Okay, I gave it two. This might not be fair because I'm like I know what they're gonna put on at the Royal Rumble in a couple of months. Right. And that that yeah. might not be fair, but this was not good. Yeah, they had a couple matches in 95 that were really good. Yeah, the Survivor uh, this, Series is probably the best one. Right. Well, this one, uh, I, I'm i thinking, like, Diesel hasn't really, just like the promos, he hasn't come into his own yet. Brett was clearly leading this match, but he did he did a pretty good job. It was, it, it was proof that Brett could have a match with anybody of any size, and... Uh, Diesel, Diesel saying Brett there, led the match is kind of like saying, hey, Babe Ruth hit a home run. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, no yeah, shit. Probably, <laughs> probably like Ric Flair back in the day. But like I said, you know, 
Ric Flair, you know, the, the heel would usually lead the match, I guess, but they would take the majority of the beating, or, or actually they would give the majority of the beating after like the first minute or so. <sighs> but after the match, Jim Neidhart storms off to the backstage area, allowing Bret Hart to get <laughs> allowing Brett to get double teamed by Diesel and Shawn Michaels. Finally, referees and agents rush the ring and back Diesel and Shawn away. Brett is sta- gets a standing ovation as he leaves. And then we're we gonna go go, we're about to, we're about to get a Vince Russoism here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was about to bring that up. Yep. <laughs> now go backstage to Todd Pettengill standing by with Jerry Vin, the King Lawler, the Burger King. Uh, Lawler talks about how big Rowdy Roddy Piper's mouth is. He says the King of the Ring was named after him. And he says Art Donovan is proof that wisdom does not come with age. <laughs> I like that. One. All right. Who here is going to call that man wrong? <laughs> yeah, right. You've been uh, watching the show, says right? it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I tried not to pay attention to much of his commentary because I just well, it's painful. He's been MIA in the past couple of matches we reviewed. <laughs> yeah. Well, we will uh, tune him out. Yeah. Uh, Pettengill says that Piper will donate a portion of his earnings to the uh, to a children's hospital in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Baller says that he's going to make sure that tonight none of that money goes to those sick kids. Like, yeah. man, this is like that uh, when we reviewed Judgment Day 04, where I was like, who's not going to boo the giant racist? Like, <laughs> here, who's not going to boo the guy that's like, F them kids? But up next, it is Razor Ramon taking on IRS in a King of the Ring tournament semifinals match. This one went 5 minutes, 13 seconds. IRS must have wiped himself off and changed his outfit because he was dripping sweat earlier. Like, he doesn't doesn't exactly have intricate ring gear, so I'm pretty sure he carries like six six different, like, uh, copies of it. Yeah, right. Yeah, just just pack a bunch of slacks and uh, uh, button up white shirts in your in, uh, in your suitcase, and there you go, man. Uh, he dresses like, uh, uh, look, rumor has it, he was the inspiration for what Dwight Schrute looked like on The Office years later, but, you know, that's just a rumor. Uh, minus the suspenders. But IRS walks to the ring, cutting a promo again. He says, Razor wears fool's gold and is a tax cheat idiot. Again. Yeah, that's where it all started cheat. with his gold. <laughs> yeah. Good God. Anyway. Uh, so Razor jumps him outside of the ring. So this Diamond Stud versus Captain Mike Rotunda match is pretty sloppy, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> also, nobody cares, bro. Could have heard a mouse pissing on cotton. In the end, Razor hits a Razor's Edge on IRS for the win. And now we actually hear the crowd. Uncle Dave gave it three quarters of a star. I gave it a star and a half. Pretty much sucked. What say you? One. Like, damn, like Razor, I don't think in the history of this show I've ever said Razor Ramon was in the worst match of the night. This might have been it. Yeah, Razor looked very tired here, and IRS just like I've never accused Mike Rotunda. I, of ironically, like, the guy carrying the 500 pound man was less tired than Razor. Can't <laughs> right. Yeah, but the thing is, like, I feel like Mike was just like super sl- or uh, IRS, whatever you you know want to call him, super sloppy here. I don't know what the hell happened. He just like I, I just know. said it, dude. He's tired from carrying a 500 pound load. I guess so. And uh, Razor sure as hell wasn't giving him any help. It's kind of like that, you know, not every, we always talk about not every match, you're, uh, or they can't all be first round picks. You know, we always say that. Uh, just like, uh, oh, that, that night that Goldberg won the world title. He had to face Scott Hall first 
to get to Hollywood Hogan later in the night. And going into it, I was like, well, Razor's going to have, or uh, Scott Hall, whatever, is going to have a, a good match with Goldberg before he gets to, to Hogan. Nope. That match sucked. Sloppy as hell. <laughs> it freaking sucked. I'm like, what the hell happened here, man? Something just didn't click. What happened, you guys? <laughs> Backstage, Bret Hart storming around, opening doors, looking for Jim Neidhart. Vince Russo isn't Bro. even here yet. <laughs> Keep that in mind, people. Like this. And for those was, who don't know, hey, Russoism is someone's always in the back, destroying or being loud and abrasive, looking for somebody else. Yeah, always, uh, so, always storming around backstage, opening yelling. doors. Yeah, where are you? As if they're going to be like over here. Come hurt me and kick my ass. <laughs> uh, then we go to Todd Pettengill, who says he doesn't know where the one, two, three kid is, and doesn't even know if he'll be able to compete up next. <laughs> About that. He's at the local medical facility. Oh, my God. Speaking of isms. Uh, As opposed to the old medical facility that's not local. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think I was talking uh, about, I want to say it was was either Apron Bump or Wrestling Addicts. We were talking um, when they brought back, they brought that back a couple weeks ago on Raw. I'm like, that's what's always got me. Why do they call it local? As opposed to the one that's two states over. (laughs) Well, God dang it, pal. Uh, It's more specific that way. Oh man! Uh, but up next, the polar opposite of what we just watched. It is Owen Hart versus the One Two Three Kid in a King of the Ring tournament semifinals match. Goes about three and a half minutes. The kid actually shows up after a bit of delay in his entrance, but Owen Hart uh, instantly hits him with a baseball slide drop kick and then dives to the outside. Kid doesn't seem hurt at all in this one, flipping and flying around. He gets a bridging nor- uh, Northern Lights suplex on Owen, but Owen gets his feet on the ropes to break it. Uh, in the end, Owen blocks a Hurricane Rana with a powerbomb. He then locks in the sharpshooter for the submission victory. This has got to be the greatest three and a half minute match ever. Yep. Owen, uh, Uncle Dave gave it three and a quarter stars. I gave it three. What say you? Yeah, I'll concur. About a star a minute. Yeah, right. That was, that was great. I was expecting nothing. I'm like three and a half minutes. Now, the because I looked at the at the time codes before uh, going into it, I was like, "There's no way they can really pull off anything here." Man, the match of the night—weird to say. But either way, we now go backstage with Rowdy Roddy Piper changing for his match. Piper doesn't even remember what city he's in, and shows off that he has a Hershey's bar in his suitcase. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. He then cuts some meandering promo where I have no idea what the hell he's talking about. So he, he is Roddy Piper, okay. He even talks about various people named King in his promo. What the fuck? Dude, this whole build-up was stupid, dude. Yeah, this, like, what uh, is going on? The whole thing was like, this was the, this was the uh, origin of live via satellites. This whole feud. Piper was like, never yeah. on Raw. Ever. Yeah, because if you go back, all of the videos, he would like record, he would set up a camcorder and record himself in like his living room or his office or whatever, just talking Backyard. crap. Yeah. And then he would just send the tape in and then they'd put it on raw. <laughs> weird. And then here it's like Piper's got some weird ass promos, man. But it's like, dude, what the F was he even saying here? Like, yeah, that good stuff out in Portland, dude. Yeah. Right. 
Uh, well, he was born in Canada, and I, I don't know if uh, that if it was all legal up there at this point, but uh, you know, <laughs> either way. Yeah, any corner liquor store here in California, dude. <laughs> yep. But right here we've got the Head Shrinkers. It is Fatu and Samu with Captain Lou Albano and Afa in their corner. They're defending the WWF World Tag Team titles against Yokozuna and Crush with Jim Cornette and Mr. Fuji in their corner, meaning that there are a total of eight people out here for this one effing match. Half of them are related. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was going to say, like, freaking, uh, you got uh, one, two, three, four, yeah, four Samoans out here. And then the Hawaiian guy who's a Japanese sympathizer. Which, and by the way, I, that reminded me of what I was going to ask. Why is there like a Japanese sympathizer thing in 1994? Maybe uh, 1944, perhaps, but 94? Yeah. God dang it, pal. They're not from the United States, so they're evil. That's right. That's right. It's a real kinda mentality. Like kind of like the French. I mean, I get it. French are, you know, uh, the, the stereotype is that French are pretty arrogant assholes. Allegedly! You know, so I can kind of get that, but it's like they're also anti-American. Like, whatever. Everybody's this goes, point. Yeah, I don't know. This goes for nine minutes, sixteen seconds. Oh, just like all the Canadians, man. They were all anti-American. Like, ah, yeah, because there's that big feud there. Like, Even though you're feuding America and cashing American checks, <laughs> right? I literally nothing Canada. Like, I. I don't spend much time thinking about them, and I'm pretty sure they don't spend much time thinking about us. So it's not like there's a rivalry going on there. Like, oh, yeah, that country to the north. Like, you know what, Canada? That was our land originally, and we said, eh, it's fine, you can have it. <laughs> like, we, we we sold it to you on a discount because we're like, ah, we're, we're good, dog. It's cold up there. And you guys were like, hey, this, this is our hoose now. we still got uh, Wisconsin. Don't remind me. Uh, anyway, but, uh, so Lex Luger comes out in the dumbest red, white, and blue striped long singlet. How dare like, you? He looked like he was about to start sweating to the oldies here. He never he wears comes, this again, by the way. No, I'm like, what the f*** are you wearing? <laughs> Good grief. He storms to the ring. He knew no, so he watched his show, so he experimented. <laughs> yeah, that's it. He storms to the ring about halfway through this match, distracting Crush. Why? No clue. They're feuding. Ah, okay. Well, yeah, so he's got to come out and, you know, like a true baby face, come out and distract him in the middle of the match, I guess. Uh, But in the end, Fatu hits a Yakuza kick on Crush for the win. Uncle Dave gave it a star and a half. I give it dose. What say you? I gave it two. Yeah, it was. Well, this would have been a really there. decent match on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, right. Nothing, nothing major here. But after the match, Crush gets out of the ring and gets into a fight with Lex Luger. They get into the ring, and the head shrinker head shrinkers help Lex fight Crush off. So yeah, that's a real sentence, right? We go backstage now to Todd Pettengill standing by with Owen Hart. Owen says that Brett may have won last year, but he's a loser this year. He says he's going to win it all up next and then sarcastically wishes his dad a happy Father's Day. Like, so, <laughs> yeah. It's kind of weird. He's like, oh, by the way, happy Father's Day, dad. I'm like, so are you being an asshole? Like, yeah, because the whole it. thing was his dad uh, favored Brett. 
Ah, okay. Which, let's be real, is Zoran Hart wrong on that? <laughs> yeah, well, hey, I don't know. He also, he, he, I think he uh, had a soft spot for all of them. He always fought to get the rhino a jab. So, you know, and that wasn't even his kid. Well, hold on. So. The rhino was his little girl's husband, though, to be fair. Daddy's girl. Yeah, I guess got? so. Come on, keep throwing them. I'll keep cracking them out of the park for you. I, yeah, I guess so. I, you know, you never hear, you never hear uh, stories of, hey, yeah, you got a spot for the bulldog. Hey, he's doing real good up here. Well, no, you never hear that, but how many times did he return? So, just putting yeah. that out there. But, you know, I, yeah, that's why I'm wondering. It's like, so did Stu really put in the, put in the call? He's like, hey, can you get the rhino and the bulldog a jab? Or, or was that more of just like, uh, bulldog got himself a job? And he didn't <laughs> give a damn about Bruce Keener Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, and I might be well, wrong God here, but I was the only one Vince never fired, right? <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, well, God dang, pal. You want me to get uh, you want me to get one of your other sons a job? And eh, nah, they suck. It's okay. It's just the rhino. <laughs> uh, trust me, you don't want any piece of this. Eh. Well, there was one of them that actually had another job outside of wrestling. I think he kind of gave up on wrestling. It was I think that yeah, might have been one Keith. Was a, one was a firefighter, you know that? One was a teacher. Right. Yeah. A firefighter so, in Canada though? I mean, uh, although that sucks. Snow on it. As a recording right now, I just saw a big, huge uh, wildfire in Calgary. Ironically enough, somebody say something about fired up. Ah, <laughs> uh, sorry. Anyway, I just didn't know you can even have fire in Canada. Just. <sighs> but anyway, uh, up next it is Razor Ramon versus Owen Hart in the King of the Ring Finals. This goes about six and a half minutes. At this point, I wrote down: if you go back and look at the brackets and you didn't know what that was going on, how do you not call these two for the finals? It's obvious yeah, right. as hell. <laughs> <laughs> Razor gets back body dropped uh, outside of the ring at one point, and Jim Neidhart runs down. The referee's distracted by Owen as Neidhart acts like he's checking on Razor, but actually clotheslines him and beats him down before throwing him back in the ring. Owen hits a top rope flying elbow drop to get the win over Razor. Uncle Dave and I both gave this dose stars. It was meh. What say you? I gave it two. Man, how do these two have a better match? Yeah, Razor was off his game tonight, man. Like, dude, dude, dude everybody was three times. To be fair, I know it's kind of a a weak defense, but yeah, but none of his matches were all that, that good. So I don't know. But, but after the match, Owen and Jim beat Razor down and hit him with the heart attack. Finally, got to be an afterbirth. Yep. Uh, I'll hold 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 uh, that note. Finally, referees hit the ring to break it up. This is like the third or fourth afterbirth of the night <laughs> in '94. I'm like, what the hell, man? Now we go backstage, where of all people, Raymond Rougeau is standing by with Bret Hart. I'm like, yeah, get the Canadian to interview the Canadian. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Him. He's a French Canadian. He's from Montreal. Still a Canadian. Well, I, I know Canadians that say Montreal is not Canada. Yeah, so. it, yeah. Well, it's like uh, if you're in the South, the people are like, hey, the fl- Florida is not the South. Yeah, like if you go to like, Texas, they tell you uh, Oklahoma is not part of America. America. Yeah, Oklahoma. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, Rougeau asks Brett uh, for Brett's thoughts. And uh, Brett says that he can't believe what just happened before walking off. I made a okay, note here. I'm like, it's kind of funny that like six years earlier. These two were like, heav- heavily feuding, and they were both part of different like, tag teams. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> On commentary, Macho Man and Gorilla Monsoon completely ignore Art Donovan <laughs> before sending Wouldn't it to you? the coronation ceremony. Yep. Yeah, because he asked, uh, 
because he leans in. He's like, so answer me some, something. He's like, well, you two guys like this when you were pro re- when you were wrestling. And then they like <laughs> blow him off and start talking about something else. <laughs> because that had nothing to do with what they were talking about. And they just like, they were like, you know what? I don't have time for your bullshit. And they just moved on. But Todd Pettengill. You know how much the they got a light, long, nice little bonus in that check for working with him. God. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, put an extra zero on the end of that. Uh-huh. <sighs> but uh, Todd Pettengill. Extra zero? I want an extra nine on the end of mine. <laughs> Matter of fact, put uh, a nine right in the middle. Yeah, right. But Todd Pettengill is the man with a mic. Uh, and President Jack Tunney is the man to put the, that's supposed to put the crown on a cloak on Owen. However... Owen stops Tunney and says that he only trusts Jim the Anvil Neidhart, telling him to crown him. Owen then demands that Pettengill get on his knees. Get on your knees, Teddy. Once he's crowned, Owen says about three to four times in a row that he is the king of hearts, lest we forget. Pounding that. Gotta market that shirt, dude. I just like, I'm like, was this... Owen's called to say it so many times, or was that one of Vince's where he's like, say it, say it, damn it. Say you're the king of hearts. Make sure they remember. Like, it's such a seems like every time there's a new nickname, he's like, say it, say it again. Say it one more time. He's big hungry. Of all the <laughs> stuff you could have said. That's the of one I remember. all the ones you could have said. That's the you could have said Seth freaking Rollins, for Christ's sakes, but no, you go with big hungry. I mean, that is, that's, that's in second place. I just remember when they tried to, to get him uh, get Ryback over as Big Hungry, Michael Cole said it about every other second. He was like, big oh, guy. Big Hungry. He's Big Hungry. Oh, it's a uh, Big Hungry Ryback. Ryback is Big Hungry. Like, shut the f*** up. <laughs> we get it already. They kind of do that, not so much. Not like beating you over the head with it, but they kind of do that with Johnny Hungy and AEW. With Johnny who? Uh, that guy from the Dark Order, Johnny... What's his name? I have no idea. The little bald guy with the short arms. John Silver? Yeah. Yeah. They call him Johnny Hungy. What? Yeah. That's Johnny Hungy. Weird. And they will say it a hundred times. Not maybe not a hundred times, actually, but enough to where you, you know that that's his nickname. Yeah. <laughs> Excrement is bad with doing that. He's got actually, the, the Vince's. I'm hearing, but. Oh, God. Uh. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, I don't know if he could have made it on the football team in college, huh? He's out anyway. of the Dark Order University. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody gave a damn. But anyway, we're going to take our second to last break here. When we get, uh, uh, yeah. when we get back from break, I forgot there's one more match. Good Lord. And it's a doozy. Yeah, they should, Sorry. They just ended it right freaking there. <laughs> Two years in a row, by the way, they do that. But at least in 95, I, I can't remember what the main event was, but I'm pretty sure it was better than the. Sid, Sid and Bigelow and. No, Sid and somebody. Oh, he's talking, right? It's Diesel and Bigelow? I don't remember. No, no. Off the top of my head. Diesel and Bigelow, because Bigelow's already gone. It's Tonka and Sid, I want to say. That sounds uh, right. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's yeah, it's Bigelow <laughs> and Diesel versus Psycho Sid and Tatanka. Yeah, so and if I remember correctly, that match sucked, too. But There's no way it's worse than what we're about to talk about. There's no way. No. I don't, I don't remember off the top of my head, but... <laughs> well, it was also better than Mo, uh, Mabel versus Savio Vega in the King of the Ring finals. So, but, Ooh, just it was just on WWE TV, by the way. Yeah, right. But we're gonna take our final, er, our second last break. We'll be back for the main event right after this. 
Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks Pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks, and at Main Event Collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the that. mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go way it? back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. K-A-S-T hey, hey, It's alright Good on you yeah. Instagram also At the Broadcast Podcast Remember we don't Spell it with a C We spell it with a K Slowly mate Take it easy The main event marks Are available Wherever you get podcasts And on YouTube Find all of our links On our link tree At linktr.ee Forward slash Main event marks And we're back and we're back so, after his entrance for the main event, Jerry Lawler cuts a promo before the match, telling the crowd to kiss his feet. He also points out the Maryland governor and says he's living in the past, and Macho Man voted for him three times. <laughs> okay. Oh. Uh, he then, you see, he, like, chuckled about it. He's like, huh. How did he, he know? Says, <laughs> he then says the uh, sick kids Piper promised his winnings to won't get a single red cent. Finally, Rowdy Roddy Piper comes out behind a real Scottish bagpipe man. Walking with Piper is some skinny guy who was apparently embarrassed and beaten up by Lawler on King's, on the King's Court. Uh, Piper puts a cheap-ass crown on the guy's head, and between the two of them, they drop the line of, we came here to chew bubblegum and kick butt, and we're all out of bubblegum. And now we yeah. get the map. That was original. Yeah, right. It uh, this is Jerry no, the King Waller versus <laughs> God. This is Jerry the King Waller versus Rowdy Roddy Piper in twelve and a half minutes. <sighs> Piper starts off by throwing. By the way, hold on, hold on. Do you remember earlier uh, in the show you talked about the commercial they ran, the new generation? Nothing screaming yeah. new generation like Piper and and Glower and like the pay per view. <laughs> yeah, right. I was kind of like you and I uh, made fun of TNA when we were like, man, nothing screams the new face of professional wrestling like. Sean Waltman and and uh, <laughs> Kevin Nash and Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> but I guess the only off. thing they had going for them here was these two guys were, well, technically made famous in WWE, at least na- yeah. on a national level. Right. Yeah. I mean, because Lawler, it's really how you look at it. But <laughs> yeah, uh, Lawler was a big star in his area for sure and then like he was like one of those guys like um cornet always points out he was like one of those that was like wwe could never get him and people were always like why wasn't he scooped up and it basically came down to lawler was making a damn good living not traveling far living in memphis and then he was like yeah well, he was okay. literally the king of memphis too. yeah well yeah he said oh uh, cornet said he he uh uh lawler came into the, the locker room when he was passing out checks one time and and uh, Jim got a glimpse of Lawler's check, and he's like, "Oh, is that your paycheck for last week?" And and uh, and Lawler chuckled. He's like, 
That was my paycheck for Monday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To this day, I think that's the only person he's never ragged on on his show. He oh, loves no, following. He well, he maybe was. Shane McMahon too. I, I think he loves those two. Yeah, well, I think I, I think Jim Cornette wants to fallate freaking uh, Jerry Lawler, but yeah, he's obsessed with him. But uh, either way, Piper starts off by throwing his clothes at Jerry Lawler and then jumping him. Uh, the, yeah. the young guy who commentary keeps referring to as either the kid or the youngster gets pulled into the ring by Lawler and is def- uh, defended by Piper. In the end, the young guy. I imagine rings this is what Tom Holland's gonna look like when he grows up a little bit. This kid right here. Oh God, I hope not. <laughs> uh, Spike hair. Some, some something took a bad turn for Tom Holland. Then, uh, in, in the end, the young guy at ringside pushes Lawler off the top rope when uh, he tries to cheat. Uh, Lawler rolls Lawler. Which, up. by the way, is a swerve, bro. I don't know if anyone knows this because he's yeah. actually one of his guy. He brought him in to make fun of Piper. Yeah, right. Uh, but uh, Piper then rolls all her up and wins. This was an incredible snoozer. Uncle Dave gave it a star. This was a main event, by the way. Yep. Well, Uncle Dave gave it a star. I give it a star and a half. Let's see you. What do you think I gave it? Star? If that. Dude. Like, if like going into it, like I knew <sighs> what to expect here. These are two so of the most legendary surprised. names in history, by the way. Right. Uh, and I wasn't surprised by this only because I had he- I don't know if I've ever seen this match, but I'd heard about it and how infamously bad it was. And I was like, oh, God, really? Because if I wouldn't have known, I would have been shocked as hell because these two are really good. So I'm like, how do you have a match that bad with these two? And in like, what about two years, Piper is going to go have some great matches in WCW. So there's that. Yeah, yeah. This is just—I uh, don't get it, man. Like, what the hell went wrong? I guess it's just one of those something didn't click, you know. Like nobody's really to blame. Well, this this shouldn't even have been happening. Yeah, I, I mean, a I new generation—the forty-year-old, the fifty-year-old. How the hell they were? <laughs> I mean, I get that. I, I definitely get your point. However, like, uh, I don't know. Like on a dream card. I would have taken this and been like, oh, yeah, that would have, you know, that's a dream match right there between these two. Is, 1994, uh, though? Yeah, I mean, maybe not, you know, a main event match. I figured this would have been a good, like, middle of a card match. But it wasn't even that. This would have been boring no matter where you put it on the card. It was just made worse by the fact that it main evented. Do you think not in 1970, good. the, the uh, 1927 New York Yankees would have done some serious damage? <laughs> good God. Well, like way past their prime. Do you think they would have done anything? Well, the, di- the difference here, I would say, is like Lawler had good matches after this. Piper had good matches after this. Uh, something just. I don't know. Yes, but de- can you tell me with who? Uh, I mean, Lawler had some decent matches with multiple people. So, yeah, but Piper, name or, specifics. I'm like, it's uh, probably like, someone younger than them, is my point. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, they were always the elder yeah, in the there match. You go. But... That's my so. point. It's probably someone younger, so... It's not a knock on these two, mind you, at all, but it's just a fact of life. That yeah. I... Fact of life. But anyway, uh, after the match, 
Roddy Piper chucks Jerry Lawler out of the ring before hoisting the skinny guy up at his shoulders. Pyro blows <laughs> off, and the show comes to a close. <laughs> Look like Macho Man was... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they just look weird. So weird. Yeah. It's like, what the hell's going on is, here, man? Is that a son? And why? Yeah. At first, when he came out, like, from a distance, that look, I was like, ah, that can't be his son, because he wasn't that old here. I think if anybody watches... His son the, may be, uh, like, two years old at this point. Yeah. Can't remember his name. I think his name is Colt. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, it is if anybody watches... Yeah. If anybody watches that... Um, uh, was it the A and E special on, on Piper? Yeah, uh, it was. Yeah, that that was awesome, man. I freaking love that. But either way, uh, that does it for the show. We're gonna take our final break of the podcast. When we come back, uh, we're gonna tell you final ratings and what's coming up next week on the show. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday drop in, where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story. So you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the BellyUp Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. Yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> Final ratings time. God knows why. Come on, man. You got to buck up. It's, uh, it's, it's the end of the show. Good stuff, oh, pal. You're right. <laughs> you fixed my whole attitude by reminding me this, this horror fest is over. Thank you. Yeah, there you go. You always got my back. I appreciate that. Well, Internet Movie Database <laughs> gave this thing 6.4 out of 10. Way too high. Cagematch.net gave it 6.56 out of 10. Way too high. Uh, I gave it a 6.5 out of 10. Uh, B. Yeah, I'd say about a D. What say you? Solid F minus. F minus? Damn. This might have been one of the worst shows we've ever watched. Uh, WWE, WWE, at sure. least. Yeah, it was definitely This boring. sucked, man. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, that main event was such a disappointer. 
Like, damn. Main event, the announcing. Yeah, the announcing sucked too. All the short matches, you know, a couple of them were decent, but. Huh. Yep, whole thing sucked. I feel like this was like. Uh, give me a second to edit. This is like. Uh, was it horse shit booked on acid? <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that does it for that. It's our first show of June, man. Oh, yeah, what a way to start. Yeah, that, right. you know, and you can look at it one of two ways. Are we starting low to go high, or do we just peak? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, next week yeah. may not get uh, a whole lot better, because but next week we're going... It will get better. Well, next week we're going to the Great American Bash 2000 for WCW. Yeah, that's, I actually uh, say that is better. I've never seen the show. It's Vince Russo's one and only... Uh, Great American Bash. The main event is Jeff Jarrett defending the WCW title against Kevin Nash with Ernest the Cat Miller as a special guest referee. Uh, uh, yeah, dude, in 2000, the cat yeah. was all over WCW. Yeah. Uh, he, he, uh, in case you know, reason, he's the greatest. Yeah. Uh, and Vampiro takes on Sting in a human torch match where you literally have to set yep. your opponent on fire, bro. It's that match. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ric Flair takes on David Flair. God. It already uh, killed um, off the mystique of father versus son at this point, by the way, because this is the second time he had turned on Flair. And each time that yeah. was a big big shock. Well, then we get Hollywood Hogan versus Bri- uh, Billy Kidman with special guest referee Horace Hogan. Hell yeah. <laughs> Scott Steiner. You know what this versus... is? This is NWO versus the Flock. If you think about it, it's crazy. Yeah, right. Uh, it's uh, and we get Scott Steiner versus Rick Steiner and Tank Abbott in a handicap asylum match. Woo! Oh yeah. Oh, man, I forgot about that. More stipulations too, man. Table match of Shane Douglas versus the Wall. A boot camp match of GI Bro taking on Sean Stasiak. An ambulance match, Mike Awesome versus DDP. Oh, man. That match might surprise you. Hold on. Uh, we got a tag Something team. happens in that uh, match that, like, holy crap. I don't want to spoil it. Uh, I think I know what you're talking about, but I'll have to go back and watch. Uh, so the we also get a tag team match. The winners are number one oh, yeah. contenders for the tag titles. It's uh, Chronic versus the Mamalukes. The winners are the number one contenders, and the losers are all of us. Yes. Well, hey, man, the the opening match for the cruiserweight title, it's Lieutenant Loco versus Disco with a Q. With a Q, yes. Yeah. I think he's in the Filthy Animals at this point, or trying to be. If anybody remembers Cisco, he was like a flash in the pan, and he did a song called The Thong Song. That was the uh, singer this- of Drew Hill, right? I think so, yeah. Yep, and he was in that movie Snow Dogs. If anybody, I remember. That. I remember that because of the, I play the hell of that song when Rush Hour came out. <laughs> yeah, the thong song was everywhere during this time, and they're like, "Oh, disco, Cisco." Yeah, well, let's just put a Q. Bro, what's the name of that African American guy, bro? He uses a Q instead of a S and a K. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I, I don't know if he used uh, if he exactly used African American. He might have used something else. Oh. Allegedly, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, and I don't want to know. <laughs> Either way, that does it for us today. Uh, next week will be uh, it, it, it'll happen. 
<laughs> but yeah, God anyway. Willing. Yeah. So we'll all uh, see be you next week. Next week will happen because tomorrow's not even guaranteed. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know too if the weeds on that one. <laughs> I don't know if it's God willing that we get to Great American Bash, but yeah. Uh, either way. Oh, Thank you for joining me. If we get to Great American Bash, that may be devil willing, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for joining me today, Greg. Yeah, thanks for doing this to me. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> hey, if if I see it, so do you. Oh all right, yeah. We'll, we'll see it all. We'll see you all next week for WCW Great American Bash 2000. Yeah.